0: Yeah, horses are kind of crazy, right? I mean, it's like a car made of muscle, right? I mean, that's <laughs> essentially, it's kind of nasty in that way, and it's all twitchy, you know? Have you ever, mm, okay, I'm- They have hooves. One time, I rode a horse, and it tried to fight another horse. Did I t- have I ever told you this? <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, so it was the first time I was ever going to ride a horse. I was like, me, like, my mom had this friend that had like, you know, some horses, and- she was like all right well you're gonna ride this horse so you're gonna get up on the horse and i'm like okay and before we start she's like by the way just so you know this horse has been fighting with this other horse but luckily we that horse is in the stable, so so they're not even they're they're nowhere near each other or whatever everything's cool and so i get up on on my horse and right away like literally within 30 seconds uh I hear fucking wood just like slamming because this other horse has burst out of the stable and is running right <laughs> at me and the horse I'm on, and then the horses fight each other, which was insane. So you know that thing when like the horse goes on its back le- hind legs and like yeah, le- yeah, I did do hooves. that right away within within and, thirty. But you seconds. stayed in the saddle. I stayed on. I did not get thrown off uh but it was really scary and then the lady pulled out these little like flags i guess that you use to like communicate with horses i don't know I, she had like these oh, little like flags. horse whispering yeah she was doing a horse whisper dance and then the mm-hmm. other horse finally uh calmed down and i was i was saved basically but um since then have never ridden a horse and never will again let me promise you that i'm done with horses me and horses are done well
1: well I I mean that's it's it's funny that you say that because the same thing happens to Ellie. Shimmer gets blown up, shot in the head and you don't get to ride her ever again. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> Let's go. Welcome to the Old Gamers Almanac. I am your host today, Hunter Donaldson, and I am joined by Sun Sanders. Hello. Hello. How are you? I do not know what it you were me. just doing. It did not get picked up by the microphone at all. I did. Not. Oh, I think I got picked up on my end. So you oh. just wait. Hell yeah. <laughs>
1: that's a that's a sweet <laughs> treasure for you.
0: <laughs> well, hell yeah. So uh, Matt is out on uh, on assignment today. Uh, he's got to find himself Daddy a house. free,
1: we can do whatever we yes. want. <laughs> yes,
0: so I promise today we're going to have some fun, and there won't be, and no one's in charge, okay? There's no, no hierarchy. One. Me and son are mm-hmm. equals here. You know, when Matt's Damn, here, he's dad, he's in charge, mm-hmm. and we're all his little babies or whatever, but not today. It's, the, today the babies yeah, it's are in charge.
1: it's all scripted when Matt's here. Yeah, it's all scripted. He makes us read by lines that he writes the night before <sighs> yep. very stressfully, and he doesn't edit them, and we have to read all the miscues and everything. Uh, But today's going to be great.
0: Yes. Um, Off the cuff. Before we get into the meat of today's episode, which is going to be about The Last of Us Part 2, a very controversial game that people have a lot of bad and good thoughts about, um, we're going to talk a little bit about last week, Sony held a state of play event where they unveiled a bunch of new games for 2024. Um, Some of it was stuff that we already knew to expect. Uh, But I kind of want to talk a little bit about this stuff as it gets announced, because these are the games that maybe you can look forward to us talking about later in the year. And we're not going to recap the whole thing. We're just going to talk about things we liked. Um, So I want to lead this off with talking a little bit about Helldivers 2 and Stellar Blade. Helldivers 2 is a sequel to uh, the original Helldivers, which is a game that both me and Son have played that we like, which is kind of like a space marine. Yeah. Okay. Well, Son loved it. I liked it. Um, It's like a space marine game where it's like a silly top-down kind of squad shooter type deal. And Mm -hmm. it's kind of like, there's like a humor to it because like a lot of what's funny about it is like your squad mates getting kind of like extra decimated. By not only the enemies, but by like things that you do that have unintended consequences. It's kind of like a derpy, like "uh oh, you messed up," and then you accidentally killed your guy kind of game.
1: Yeah, you can shoot your bud. Um, yeah. that's the it was, and then you can like drop a, a mech down on on top of them on accident. I mean, it was uh, it was silly, but it was so fun. It was so smooth. It felt so good mm-hmm. in the hands.
0: Yeah, it has a has a good good feel and it moves like pretty fast um the new game the sequel is taking a different perspective it's not like a top-down perspective anymore it looks it's more of a pretty standard third person squad shooter and it's unclear Mm -hmm. as to whether that will be better or worse i think it might still be fun um but i feel like son, you have a slightly different take from it
1: i feel like it could be fun for like as soon as i was watching it I was like not interested because I, I just I don't need another generic shooter. like the monsters mm-hmm. are pretty just like there's there's Zerg or whatever, you know, like um, and your Space Marine like <laughs> has the, but I get a little cape, which is fun I, you know, I love I my like accessories. Um, and but uh as soon as I was over like being like i I'm not interested in this, I knew I was like, well, this would be fun with Hunter and EJ and Matt. Mm-hmm. this would be it would be fun to drop Max on each other and get in the mech and fight little nasty boys um so for that reason it's gonna be fun
0: yes yeah i think uh it will i mean if we are able to get everyone together for a kind of sea of thieves style uh night we will have a good time with it but i think the challenge i think is that it does the art style really doesn't bring you in (laughs) yeah also 60 bucks yeah that is that is a little bit of a thing there um, the other game I want to talk about that's from, you know, kind of the beginning of the presentation is a game called Stellar Blade, which is mm. maybe not a normal type of game for us to talk about on this show because it's very anime. Um, and very. it's, it kind of does that thing of, I mean, it's like kind of my favorite thing that like very anime inspired game trailers do, which is it sort of just starts explaining the lore to you right away, even though you might not be interested in the game yet. For like 12 minutes. <laughs> So, and I still didn't understand, (laughs) (laughs) but the game looks like it has kind of a Bayonetta feel to it, not just Mm -hmm, in mm -hmm. the style of the action, but also in the style of the, of the player character is a very, you know, she's a a hot slender lady who does like crazy, (laughs) a lot of crazy, like almost like stripper inspired like movement like an animation to it but there's some matrixy like kung fu vibes too like it has that like um you know xeno gears xeno saga kind of vibe to it yes um i think it looks like it could be good in spite of all of the nonsense um and i do generally enjoy Um, like character action games that are especially inspired by like stuff like Bayonetta and Devil May Cry. And I just want to say that I felt like when they were showing off gameplay, it looked like a kind of like slower, heavier version of that. And I've kind Mm -hmm. of been hankering for something in that vibe for a minute. Um, So I just Mm want to say, and, and it might be bad. It might come out and be like, oh, this is a bad game. If it ends up coming out and it's good, I just want people to remember that I said that I think it could it might be good. <laughs> but if it's bad, then it doesn't matter and you don't ever have to think about this again, you know. All right, we'll mark it down. Yes. Mark the, it down, people. The premonitions
1: um, of twenty twenty four.
0: Yes. My my called shot here. Um the Silent Hill 2 remake got another trailer, and it was a very worrying trailer trailer i think um some people might be excited by this trailer but if you check it out if, if you, you love seen baseball
1: yet... you are gonna love this game
0: so it, it's all so i gotta say it's a very violent trailer It's a lot of combat yes which silent hill mm-hmm. 2 is not a game that is known for combat it's known for atmosphere and and scary you know interesting psychological horror moments and horror set pieces like they're just being a hole in the wall and you stick your hand through or whatever uh, that type of stuff is what Silent Hill Two is, and this showed off so much combat, so much mm-hmm. like shotgun blasting the enemy type stuff, and it's like that's not what Silent Hill Two it's is not this at game. all. Yeah, it's not Last of Us. <laughs> no, it you know? it looked like Last of Us, didn't it? It looked like yeah, it they were aping vibes. that. Yeah, it was very strange uh, and was like I I would say kind of upsetting if you're feeling like maybe Silent Hill Two shouldn't be remade
1: i got excited when i saw it though because i was like my friend hunter loved this game and so if they do come out and it is surprisingly good or like a remake i would love to hear him play it again <laughs> yeah we'll see there <laughs> and, you go and see it, all the kooky weird stuff in it
0: it'll be a reason to kind of revisit and think about the original game again so in that way it will be interesting um what did you think of the playstation vr stuff because i was kind of surprised by that
1: not interested in the metro game um honestly i played the first metro game and i think a second one uh, maybe um or maybe it was just the first one i don't know i remember being very long um i did enjoy it but it didn't hold my i i didn't beat it, it i didn't mm-hmm. it didn't hold my attention um i want to read the books um because matt talk matt matt enjoys or has enjoyed it um but the the skeleton one though um you were we were talking um you had like talked about the uh playstation event um and yeah i totally agree with your sentiment it does look really cool just to be able to like i'm gonna grab the skeleton's head and like push its body off and like this like it it, like it has like a you know like it had a classic like um Conan the Barbarian kind of vibe to it. And I was like, okay, I'm down for this. I don't have a PlayStation VR, but if I get the chance to play it, I would love to.
0: Yeah, I think that I think it showed like decently strong. The new Metro game that Son was mm-hmm. talking about looks very similar to Half-Life Alex and how that it controls. Yes. And I would say I also I I don't care about the Metro series. Um I have tooled around with uh Metro 2033 before but i didn't really get into it um the fiction might be interesting but I, I you know i haven't i don't have any experience with that i'm just excited about there being another game that has the half-life alex style controls and then the other game that sun is alluding to is called legendary tales and it is similar to this other vr game called gorn that was really popular mm-hmm. for a while which is like this weird coliseum like melee fighting game where your opponents you're able to like really they're like it's like they're made of like play-doh or something and you can just kind of grab them and rip them apart and it's cartoonish violence it's very appropriate to talk about today um, for last of us part two because it is like over (laughs) the top but you don't really feel it legendary tales is kind of taking that same idea and applying it to more of a straight up fantasy action rpg type format but they showed off that you can fight skeletons and rip yeah. them into pieces rip off a, a skeleton's arm and then beat the beat it down with its own arm is like, or kind like of the take it and throw
1: it across the room while yes. you're casting spells and stuff i mean it, it looked really slick i thought it i mean it, it demoed or i mean it wasn't a, it was just a recording but it looked really good
0: yeah i think i think that uh the playstation vr2 might over a, a period of time if it if it kind of keeps releasing games like that because you know there's all the resident Evil stuff. And then if mm-hmm. they can make enough original stuff for the PlayStation VR, it might be that in a year or two, it, it sort of looks like, oh, this is actually like kind of worth owning, which I did not think um, that I would ever, ever feel would be possible.
1: Um, I had the first PSVR and I, I mean, I played Skyrim in it. I played, there was a couple other, um, it was like Playhouse or whatever. It was like a game where you could play like dodgeball or like these like um, scripted like Walking, shooting sims and stuff, and it was I had a I had a few really fun games. Um, but I just it was so many cables. It right. Was just so many cables, and I felt like I was like hooked into like a weird sci-fi machine. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah.
0: It's yeah, it's kind of. I feel like it's unrealistic to expect consumers to like really buy into VR with like how you know how difficult it is to like find the space to to utilize it. But yeah. I don't know. I, I, I think it's fun that it's stuck around this long. And I'm open Same. to the idea that if there's enough good software on a VR platform, like still buying into it. Um, next up, I want to talk about Dragon's Dogma 2 because I had no mm. idea that I was going to be into this game at all. Um, people have been talking about how excited they are about there being a sequel to this game for a while. And I've just been ignoring it because I... Personally, just felt like the first game did nothing for me, and I felt like I had no real reason to get involved. And then I saw this trailer; completely blew me away. And now I am like one hundred percent bought in on uh, this game. Son, do you share my thing? Like, where you were, or did you play the first game?
1: I played like a dozen hours or so of the first game. Um, my pro- my problem with the, the first game is the controls just weren't polished enough like it felt clunky like mm-hmm. doing the things i needed to do but that's what i'm, I'm very excited about a number two because um i feel like they'll have that down it'll yeah. be polished it'll be streamlined um and I am really excited about it because it looks really cool. I mean, yeah. it looks like a lot of fun. My question is like the one thing I never understood: is it solely single player? Can you have a friends in there, or is it all just like the uh, what are they called, husk or host? It's I forget what they're. It's like the people you can summon. I forget mm-hmm. what it is. Like like your party members. I am um, curious, but it looks really cool. I but one scene was this um, like Gandalf looking wizard guy running up like a. Like a hill leaping off (laughs) casting a spell then switching to a sword and then chopping this like troll. like I was like This looks rad. Yeah The animation so many variations of like characters you could have and yeah, the animation looks really slick
0: the animation looks incredible and I feel like It's the thing that I didn't understand. I didn't realize how much monster hunter was in the DNA Mm. of this game and seeing the gameplay trailer made me realize like oh this is like a, a slick like like action focused monster hunter where we're just trying to do like cool ass shit and beat up on giant dragons and stuff and it's if that's what the game is then I'm completely bought in uh, for that yeah. and I really feel like you know Capcom has been kind of in the middle we've talked about this a lot uh, on the show but Capcom has been in the middle of like I think a second golden age and the fact that You know, they're this deep in their bench, you know, Dragon's Dogma, not something that I considered like a big series at all. And I'm like watching this trailer and be like, damn it, I am going to buy this too. Like, it's crazy how solid they've been.
1: The first one when it came out, like it didn't critically, you know, skyrocket when it first came out. It was like the length of it, like got so much like um, fandom. Mm-hmm. uh and yeah i played it much later um after it came out i've actually started playing it, i think first time like two years ago a year ago i'm not sure um but yeah i'm excited for it it looks fantastic i hope that i can play with a friend or two in it mm-hmm. that'd be really great um but if i can't I'm, and it looks really fun yeah i want to give monster hunter another try i like because one reason i kind of bounced off monster hunter 4 or something like that is i just couldn't I don't know, something about the controls were getting yeah. funky with my brain. Um, but I also just couldn't spend a lot of time with it at the time. But I want to get into it because I love the way the creatures move. And mm-hmm. like it seems like their AI is very interesting in how they, the environments work and stuff. So it'd be fu- a fun game to play.
0: Yeah, I think the next Monster Hunter release will probably be something that we all kind of get a hand on the ball for. And I think that is a key part of it, too, is you need to have, you know, you need to have friends that are playing it, Mm -hmm. I think, in order to like really get excited about it. Next up, this is like kind of a minor thing, but Until Dawn, which is a kind of like couch co-op cinematic story game, Mm -hmm. is getting a remaster, which is like kind of a surprise, I guess. Although I guess that game is kind of old. I'm just excited about us playing that together um i think that we should take a night the quarry yes yes and we love the quarry in this house so i have always wanted to go back and play until dawn and to play it with everybody will be oh god it's gonna be sick it's gonna be so much fun. did
1: it come out originally for the playstation 3
0: Ooh, was it that long ago i don't think so i think it was like early ps4 early ps4 yeah okay
1: because yeah i remember playing it the first time and it was fun and yeah. it'll be fun to play it again because I don't remember all the stuff. When I was watching the trailer, I was like, oh, I kind of remember that. And then I was like, where's Hayden and De- tear? Like, where is she at?
0: Mm-hmm. Well, it's it's going to be cool. And I expect that to, uh, I think, get covered just because it's, like, such a cool thing for us to all sit down and play through a movie like this. And then the last thing that uh, happened at State of Play, the, the last notable thing, I guess, is uh, Death Stranding yeah. 2 on the beach was... Uh, you know it had already been revealed but... this
1: gave us two things um this was like a little combo treat because yes. not only was death stranding there was some there's some sweet sweet cheddar at the end <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean
0: it so it's going to be coming out in 2025 which is a little disappointing for me because i thought this might be a 2024 game um yeah, so me we too. can uh, we can already say that i was incorrect with that prediction what they showed us of the game was I would say maybe some of the most batshit Kojima stuff I've ever seen. <laughs> I mean, yeah. he's really outdoing himself. We got George Miller, uh, director of Mad Max Fury Road, mm-hmm, wearing a mm-hmm. cool hat. And I guess he's <laughs> yeah. like a surgeon or something. Um, we have a little Pinocchio man. It, and his animation is believably like so, stop motion. It so it's so choppy.
1: So good. Yeah.
0: I mean really I you just have to watch this one I guess. I mean I don't really want to describe it for you. I'm not really sure what kind of gameplay we're getting that like how much different this will be from the original game. I got absolutely no impression from uh, as far as what will differentiate this game from the original one. It's all like kind of story focused. But yeah, I mean, I think it is some of some of his wildest stuff uh, that I've ever seen. I'm sure I do want to talk be... about one moment. Yes, please. <laughs> I do want to
1: talk about one... you. You. Uh, they show the baby. They show the little the little canister. Mm-hmm. You go into it. Baby's crawling through the little tube. We've seen this before. Yes. You know, yes. you've seen the little baby crawling. It opens its eyes. It burps up a little spaceship. We go into <laughs> that spaceship. Everybody's skin is blue. They're talking. Norman Reedus doesn't have a shirt on. They're just hanging out, like, oh, we got stuff to do. We got to be somewhere. And then the next scene is them landing on a planet. He's no longer blue. Uh, there are moments where I'm like, is this going to be more like. Sh- uh, focused on the shooting um aspect because there's a couple moments where like gets behind like a rock and you can see these like long shadow creatures in the mm-hmm. background and it does look like he's like holding a gun um and then you have the scene with uh, um what's that actor in it Troy Baker yeah um and it, there's it's pretty gun focused and a sweet sweet guitar everybody should just go watch it yeah <laughs> cuz that that guitar scene was <laughs> I was like, what's happening
0: <laughs> yeah so the, there's it. we've got we've got guitar swords uh and well it's not even really guitar it's sword gun it just flame shoots, thrower. yeah it just shoots like electricity out of it but you have to play like oh, yeah, sick love- riffs to like shoot the electricity yeah i mean it's it's more it's more coding stuff and Amazing. uh it you know i'm i'm excited uh i'm excited to just have more uh, expanded universe of of Death Stranding. I want to see more and more what this world is about um, because it is a very interesting premise. We haven't really gotten to talk about it too much on the show. Um, but yeah, I think I would expect that in advance of Death Stranding 2, we will probably do an episode about the original Death Stranding. Um, mm-hmm. So look forward to that. I'm excited for that. But there you go. That was, that was stay to play. That was your news for the week. As of release, there is another state of play that's going to drop that is specifically about Final Fantasy VII Rebirth, um, a game that will be covered on this show, 100% for sure, that I'm going to be playing the second, the very second that I can play very it, second. I will be playing it. But yeah, so let's get to our main segment, which is w- today, we are going to talk about the 2024 game, the 2024 slash 2020 game, The Last of Us Part Two remastered. And before we really get into the game itself, I want to talk about specifically the remastered aspects because there's not a lot to say about that. Mm -hmm. So we may as well just get it out of the way. And for anybody that is interested in like, whether they should like, let's say you've already played part two and you're thinking about, oh, should I revisit it via this remaster? I just want to say, and it seems like everybody's getting this wrong online. Um, if you already own the game on PS4, you own the PS4 version of the original game, it's going to cost you just $10 to upgrade to the remaster. If you don't own it at all, it is a $50 game. It is not a full $70 expense. And I think for that price point, this is reasonable. If it was, Mm -hmm. you know, if it did cost another $70 to get the remaster. I think it would not really be worth it. But for 10 bucks, this is fine. It upgrades the visuals. It upgrades the haptic feedback so that the DualSense controller gets into the mix. Feels good. It does feel really good. I actually think it's kind of an underrated aspect of the game as far as reviews go. Um, this 100%. is a gritty, like tough, scary, stressful game. And the haptic feedback being thrown into the mix, I actually think has a bigger effect than you would think on the face of it as far as your overall experience. <laughs> the fact that your controller is, like, tightening, tightening up as the game also, you know, delivers you so much, like, friction, I think has a really unique, like, kind of outcome as far as the player experience goes. So I was really impressed with that. The new game mode stuff is whatever. Uh, there is some, some unfinished levels that they included that you can play through that's just kind of like a fun curio, that there's not a whole lot of content Mm. there. You kind of play through it very quickly, and then it's over. Um, And then there's a a new game mode called No Return, which is, uh, it's like a horde mode, like roguelike type thing. It's very gameplay-focused. There's not a lot of heart in it. It's just kind of fun, I guess. But I don't really play these games for, like, the fun combat of it all like that's not my focus did you play the first ones online multiplayer no i didn't but i knew a guy that was like obsessed Mm. with it i wasn't obsessed with it but
1: i i did play it um and it was a lot of fun and it does fit like it and i'm excited to play the little horde mode thing because the gameplay like if you take the story element and you're no longer Mm -hmm. like i'm progressing this i'm just like fighting zombies uh, i'm kind of excited for that because i mean this game feels so good um and it's combat and the way everything moves Mm. and so i get more of that and hopefully like can do good i don't think i'll do very well um i've i've died three times already in six hours
0: and i'm like okay (laughs) there's no way (laughs) this is gonna be difficult well yeah i mean i think that i think overall the gameplay is very interesting and it's very uh tight and well made, and I actually lo- really love the enemy AI in the Last of Us games, uh, which is something I see people like talk smack on, uh, which I don't understand what their expectations are for enemy AI. But I I do really like it. It's more that for me, especially Last of Us Part Two, is like a very like emotional like narrative experience, and I don't know how interested I am in having that gameplay sort of separated out from that emotional context. Basically, it's almost like I don't know that I'm ready to play a version of this game that like doesn't focus on these characters or puts puts their kind of mindset like as as the paramount um, aspect of, of the game. But yeah, I think the remaster, there's not a whole lot to think about with it. It's just like I think that this is the best way to play the game but not by a whole lot. I mean, I don't think you're like super missing out if you skip out on this aspect of it. And if you don't feel like replaying Last of Us Part Two, which came out in 2020, like the worst year of all time. And it is a bleak game. I completely understand there were a lot of people that when the game came out were like, this is too dark. I don't need this right now. Um, and I get that. And I think if you don't want to go back to it, because it's not like things are all sunshine and rainbows here in the year 2024 completely understand um this is a dark game and you might not want this in your life right now
1: it's um it's a pretty dark game uh yeah like i'm still i mean are we are we gonna go right into talking about the prologue and everything
0: well yeah so just real quick if you don't know this game uh last of us part two is a game by naughty dog um and it was directed by neil Druckmann and anthony newman and kurt uh, Margin Now, which I think I just mispronounced that. It was written by Neil Druckmann and Hallie Gross and it stars Ashley Johnson, Troy Baker, and Laura Bailey, notably. Um, the acting in this game is uh, incredible and those three in particular do a wild, amazing job. But yeah, let's cut wide. Let's talk about the game in general. Um, how do you like, how, how would you sum up your Feelings on this game. Like are you is this a good game? <laughs> like you just had to say is it good is or this bad a good game? Um, yeah, this is a good game <laughs> <laughs> this, is a,
1: <laughs> this is a really really good game. Um, I mean, I, uh, I Remember when I first beat it um, the first time uh, You know, it was an emotional gut punch. Yeah, like one of the best just like stories like um, and just the way um, and I'm experiencing now in my replay where jumping in, I am immediately Im- immersed. Like I it in in because it's how everything moves in the world, the camera angle mm-hmm. that everything's at. Mm-hmm. It it just brings you right in because exactly what you're saying, like the characters of this game, like the gameplay is great. Um and it's so smooth and it allows you to be more immersed. Um so I don't need it to like be mean meaner to me than it already is right um because i want to play through the story yeah um because it's yeah the acting is fantastic and what i love about the remake is like it looks just crazy good like the textures on people's skin their hair their clothing Mm -hmm. there's still some things like snow it still looks really weird it just looks like someone spilled white paint on them a little bit but i'm like i don't care um but um them horses, them, uh them but them uh, horses, yeah, oh man, the moment uh I okay, I'm just gonna talk about this scene, you go out in the middle of this town, um, and it's like, I think uh like early, uh no, yeah, early in the morning and like has string lights and there's like a mm-hmm. horse like a man walk riding a horse and people like gathered around like these storefronts um and it's a little four-way street and it just looks i was like dang this thing is crazy like it looks so amazing and i'm already back in i'm already yep. back into the world um i'm ellie and it's so
0: fun um what are your thoughts
1: do you like this is this a good game dude i Waste think time
0: so <laughs> i don't want to we're going to do an episode about the last of us Part One. Um, as like a bonus Mm -hmm. episode in the Patreon feed. I'm not sure exactly when we will do that. We're doing this right now. We'll focus on the other thing later. I think, but if I were to sum up my feelings on both games right now to just kind of spoil everything, I will say that I think the first game is a really great game that is a natural result of where the industry was at and where Naughty Dog was at as a developer it makes a lot it's almost like an equation it feels like this plus all this equals this it is like a game Mm -hmm. that was built for the game awards basically is what it feels like and it feels like it really caters to that moment to 2013 where we were at with video game storytelling and Mm -hmm. then part two says how about fuck all that and <laughs> let's just do something way too personal, something wildly surprising and swingy and bold that was absolutely going to accept, um, upset a lot of people. And it did. It did upset a lot mm-hmm. of people. And I just think it's a way gutsier, wilder thing that, the, I, I mean, this was essentially a sequel to a game. That was just at the height of fame. Basically, it was like this is yeah. this is about, is about as successful as a game possibly can be. And for that reason, I'm like, okay, cool. I I mean, I liked it, just like everybody else liked it. But it didn't it didn't really surprise me. And it it had interesting aspects that I was like, wow, this is really well done. This is really well crafted. But Last of Us Part Two, I was. Completely in awe like for a majority mm-hmm. of my playthrough experience like I just thought it was yeah. I thought it was an insane work that goes way Far in like all these different dimensions and it cleaves off people it makes People hate this game and I completely understand because I in playing it sat down for like 30 hours and felt really bad for 30 hours. Yes. It's like kind of a wild ask to have people sit down and feel bad for 30 hours. But I couldn't believe it. Like I, who would make a 30 hour triple A video game where you feel like shit the whole time? Like, that, I mean, and it's punctuated with these moments of beauty. That's one thing that The Last of Us series is like really about. They're about horrifying violence in the post apocalypse but also this sort of the, the planet earth like taking back itself and these like beautiful moments of human connection and natural beauty this is like one of my favorite aspects of the series and part 2 i think makes it so that the grimness of the narrative makes those beautiful moments sing so much louder than the first game can can manage because the first game has so much groundwork to do. And it's not as bold with its characterizations. It sort of says, here is a, a dad, a kind of lost dad, and then a sort of adopted daughter figure. Watch as we build this relationship. And by the end of it, you're like, wow, that was a really complex, interesting, Relationship that we watched happen between two video game characters. Last of Us Part Mm 2 comes in and says, What if we spin a gigantic web of character relationships that are all of that caliber and quality and they are parallel, perpendicular? It's so much more complicated than the first game really delivered to us. And for that reason, it's like, I don't know if I think that it's a masterpiece so much as I think that it is uh, a wildly surprising work that should not, (laughs) maybe should not, like, let's say I was Naughty Dog's, like, buddy, and Naughty Dog was like, we're (laughs) thinking for the sequel game, we're gonna, like, well, we're gonna kill everybody's favorite dude, that's a spoiler, but we're gonna kill Mm -hmm. uh, Joel, And that's just going to be the beginning of the game. And then we're going to introduce like a whole new cast of characters. Kill most of them, honestly. We're going to make you love a bunch of new people. Most of them will die. I would probably be like, that's maybe a little too risky. You maybe don't need to, you know, people are going to buy this game regardless. And for them to play as ballsy as they played with it, um, I I mean, I am still, it's been four years and I still kind of can't believe it. Like it's, it is insane.
1: I mean, I'll say that it's as close to a masterpiece of a game that I've ever played. Um, I mean, when it comes to, like, getting, you know, games getting close to that, like, film, you know, mm-hmm. kind of direction. Yeah. And it is amazing. I mean, there are, I mean, just, like, the the acting, the, the mm-hmm. mocap, the technology they use to capture these people's emotions, uh, gestures. Like, I can't, like... I can't wait to see like I this game is the reason why there's a TV show. of this. Yes I'm convinced right this game is the reason why they were like I want to tell that story on television We need to just one season on the first uh, Part of it because we're gonna have two of the last because this this story is amazing. <laughs> yeah Um, Because it's fantastic. I mean the the moment leading up to Joel Joel dying mm-hmm. Um, Is so intense because of how they, when they switch back and forth between Ellie and Abby and you already get that connection and it's already strange because you've never had to like, you've only ever played as Ellie and Joel. Right. And and then all of a sudden you're playing as Abby and yes. you're like, okay, what is this? And it's like, it is, it's strange because Laura, Laura Bailey does like a phenomenal job. Oh yeah. She's incredible. bringing her to life. Dude, the scene where she just, everyone's talking, he's like. Uh, sounds like you guys have heard of us the the beat after that where she shoots him Mm -hmm. uh, and then like they're like oh we're not done like you like and you you're just like oh no because i remember the first time playing it i was like who is this person i thought it was just like fireflies right right you know but the the what you the story you were told from that moment on because Mm -hmm. you have no idea who this person is is incredible (laughs) it is like so 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 good
0: well so let's start let's we're kind of already talking about the prologue let's talk about the prologue um so Mm -hmm. the game opens and uh, if you're not familiar with last of us part one i don't know what you're gonna do i guess watch a story summary but (laughs) but we are gonna spoil all of part two in this discussion um Mm -hmm. the prologue opens one yes and and one um the prologue opens and we are in uh jackson wyoming and uh ellie and joel are living there with this nice like kind of wonderful community of people and they are living in relative peace um peace that is sort of unearned because the last game ended with an act of extreme violence that that doomed yes. all of humanity basically um and like like Sun is saying we get to catch up on Ellie and her life. She has the she has a a lot of new people in her life. She has a friend who uh, is named Jesse, who she kind of works alongside, and then she has a girlfriend uh, named Dina, who uh, I think is like a very very charming, interesting character who is yes. uh, very well done. Although I mean, we'll, we're just going to say over and over that all of the characters are very well done. Um, and, all of them, yes. And we then cut over to. This character, Abby, who we do not know, who is on some sort of mission. She's clearly looking for someone. We're not really sure who she is looking for at first. And she is with a bunch of, uh, she's with a little camp of people, a bunch of new characters. This one guy named Owen, who is explicitly not her boyfriend, but we can tell that there's some sort of romantic thing between the two of them. And uh, she's on some sort of quest. And it seems like it's for revenge. And then there's this gameplay sequence that I think signals a very distinct change from the original game to Last of Us Part 2. Last of Us Part 1 has this aspect to it where the game design very clearly communicates with the player. And it is, in my opinion, a little too narrow with how it directs you and what I, what do i mean by this i mean like yellow yes yes you get it <laughs> so they'll wh- where do i need to go well there'll be something painted yellow and that's where i go uh that's if where daddy
1: wants me to be <laughs> yes
0: it, it really feels like daddy kind of holds your hand a little too closely in the last of us part one last of us yeah. part two doesn't hesitate to trick the player, and not in a like a I got you kind of way. The game design doesn't always honestly direct you into exactly what type of sequence that we are going to have. There are going to be moments in Last of Us Part Two where you feel like you are in a boss fight arena and then no boss fight happens. It is not, they build an entire area to be like, look, a boss fight arena. You're about to do a boss fight. Nope, no boss fight. Tricked you. You are not, yeah. your expectations are not clearly like satisfied by the game design and the first sequence they do this in is like one of my favorite gameplay sequences of all time you're playing as abby and you find in you're you're doing some recon by yourself you you're kind of a loose cannon this abby character (laughs) and she goes off and she finds some infected the the zombies of this universe and you find a couple and it's not a big deal but slowly there's just more that start appearing and this mm-hmm. is not a normal gameplay sequence by Last of Us Part 1 standards, because Last of Us Part 1 always tells you, hey, this is a combat encounter, or hey, this is some sort of cinematic, we don't need to worry about fighting anybody, this is actually just going to show you some stuff and push you through this. This Abbey encounter goes from normal combat looking encounter to, uh-oh, this is not for real. We're this actually is not. Bad. This, this is, is really, really bad. Yes, I cannot stop. I it, must run. Yes. And I love this sequence because it does such a good job of telling you, hey, this game is going to play with your expectations and we are not going to be so cut and dry with the player as far as what exact type of gameplay chunk are you in right now.
1: The the yellow is the perfect example for me, and that Abby sequence as well, because you're running and it there's no yellow sh- saying hey over here yeah. you need to go. <laughs> so you're moving left to right, left to right. But there are like you you start to pick up on like um architecture pieces that mm-hmm. are like oh I can go to that area, but they're no longer painted. Yeah. They're just like blend into the environment and the way it funnels you is like the very large funnel that you can like move left and right in a lot, and and feel get you start to get very stressed, but the game is leading you down a path, right. but it's like, we're going to make it the most stressful path you've ever walked down. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, that Abby sequence is great because there's a couple times where you're like running, you're like, Oh, there where's, I'm around a bunch of fences. Where am I supposed to go? And then like, you see like, it was just the way it was angled that the underside of the fence where you mm-hmm. have to crawl under was obscured. Um, and then, and then dude, that fence scene where, okay. So, um, she's cr- goes she starts to crawl on her like back up against the wall as like there's a chain link fence in front of her with tall like barbed wire at the top she's going down and then all of a sudden infected start running into the fence and it starts pushing you down and like mm-hmm. you have to start laying on your belly as the fence is falling up against this building from the weight of all this infected so cool
0: I love that you're calling out the fence moment too because right when you get through this kind of fence literally bearing down on you, you meet joel and tommy and a very interesting character moment happens right there and it's really kind of sickly or tragically beautiful what happens and the the game understates this which is i think a credit to its execution and confidence in its characters joel helps you now that is not something that joel does ever In Last of Us Part 1, we see over and over, Joel see people that are in trouble, and he does not help them. That is not who Joel is. Yeah. He he is out specifically to protect him and his monkey sphere. But in this one moment, we kind of learn that Joel has, in some ways, changed as a person. Yeah. And it's through an action that ultimately gets him killed. Like, if he were to not help Abby he would be fine and he would he would still be yeah. alive in the narrative of Last of us but he helps her out and his punishment for that is death
1: by by Abby by Abby
0: <laughs> yeah who um yeah. you know she directs Joel and Tommy to their encampment and then uh kills Joel right in front of Ellie who who makes it in just to see the end that's such a tragic scene it's Ashley so Johnson rough. like yeah wasn't just incredible yeah very affecting um very like this is such a bold way to start the narrative of this game and you know a lot of people online hate the game just for this but which is crazy it is crazy because the the first game ends with joel making a narrative choice that is so dramatic and specific he dooms the world as far well he doesn't yeah. doom the world he dooms humanity with his choice he chooses Ellie over all of the human race that this is a natural result of that I mean that that yeah, this character can't expect to just move forward with there being no consequence of such a bold and dramatic and ultimately I would say selfish choice Although Barry. there is a lot of there's a lot of conversation about the complexities of the morality of Joel's choice at the end of the first game. And it's not as simple as Joel, bad man. I understand that mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. there is a lot of there's a lot of weird stuff that happens at the end of the first game where the Fireflies are not really considering any agency on behalf of Ellie. They are not asking her if she wants to die for the sake of humanity. They are simply They're not telling her. No they are not even going to wake her up they're going to kill her while she is still asleep and she's never going even going to get to know what it is that she's doing now yeah, so she that wasn't is not allowed to choice right she is she is robbed of of any sort of choice there so it does it does complicate matters nothing in uh the last of us series is about i think clear cut moral choices and i i say that even that is especially relevant to the discussion of Joel does not save people or help people out in Last of Us Part 1. In Last of Us Part 2, he has changed and he does help someone out and ends up getting him killed. I don't think that The Last of Us is very interested in telling you what to think about any of this. It's not a game about yeah. answers. It, it This is a game series about interesting, dramatic questions. And I like that kind of respect, by the way. I enjoy yeah. media that doesn't necessarily want to prescribe any answers to any of these questions and i think that a post-apocalypse is a good opportunity for complex difficult ethical questions and um last of us is not like subtle about it i would say it's actually pretty blunt in pretty much everything it does it's all about intensity and bluntness but i do think that these are questions that are complex enough that you can kind of chew on them one way or the other. Um, so I do appreciate that. I feel like that prologue ends with, with Joel dying and then that sets up, I would say, first act of the game, which is Ellie going to Seattle in order to exact revenge on Abby for killing Joel. Yeah, like a
1: true... like a, I mean, she's like Rambo.
0: Yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah. It, it, yeah. The... The violence in this game gets ratcheted up in a way that I think loses some people because in the first game, I think we have a very like plausible amount of violence or I don't know, maybe even not. Maybe I'm just saying that because Joel is like an old dude, so you don't think about it as much. We're used to seeing like men that, uh, I mean, Mm -hmm. that just kill and that's just something that men do and we don't get a lot of that in the part, part two. We have characters that are not men and they kill a lot of people like there's a lot of death in this game
1: yeah it's like she's a powerful woman yeah she's a determined woman and she's like fucking fierce and it's uh and like yeah i mean you're 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 in the driver's seat but i mean ellie is still being ellie right right um and like man the decisions she makes are incredible i mean exactly what you're saying that you make these hard choices and it's just like hey look here's this choice we're gonna deal in in the The atmosphere of it now but i i don't know i didn't think the violence i thought it was tasteful like is does that make sense for what this content is like they didn't it wasn't like i didn't feel like a like a like a horror game even though it is a horror game in a lot of ways um but i didn't feel like i don't know like some of that stuff where it's just like 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 almost silent hilly kind of Mm -hmm. vibes right it wasn't that more psychological horror where like the creatures or the acts of violence are like um like hellraiser type of violence no it's it's um
0: the reason the violence feels bad is because the narrative is about a lot of people making like bad or difficult decisions that i think ultimately are very uh, like it's very unwell for for you to make yeah. a decision like this the way that ellie acts in act 1 we see we the way the game is structured we see 3 days in seattle Um, And they're each divided. So it's it's divided up into thirds, this first act. And it's Ellie in Seattle looking for Abby. And the way that she acts, it's as if she is so set up for this revenge plot, but she's not really like thinking about it. She's not really being Mm. critical about what it is that she's doing. It's almost as if she is so obsessed with the revenge on Abby that she doesn't understand the possible consequences of this choice and how horrifying this this whole like journey might be for her and uh, her her girlfriend Dina who accompanies her and also it seems like this is more about not processing her grief about Joel dying because she doesn't Oh yeah. She hardly talks about it. She is just essentially like single-mindedly talking about how she wants revenge on abby it's almost as if she is experiencing transference where this obsession with revenge on abby has replaced any aspect of her that is even like dwelling on the loss that she's experienced with losing her father figure and this is all intersected very smartly with these flashback sequences that allow the player and Ellie to kind of like reflect on that relationship with Joel. There's one in particular that I think is really good where for Ellie's birthday, Joel takes her to like a dinosaur exhibit. Um, And you just kind of look around at dinosaur stuff and you experience these characters talking to each other. I mean, so much of last of us is characters walking through environments just kind of having good conversations, and that's how they build yeah, a lot of the characters. Yeah, just getting to know moments. each other. Yeah, and I think yeah. it's it's something that a game can really do to build those character relationships that, like, a movie or a TV show does not actually have time for. They do not have time for yeah. moments that do not matter because that's not that's not how TV or or film really works unless it's like a really cool movie which is like kind of what i mean i'd rather watch a movie that was kind of about nothing to be honest and just people talking to each other but um but i guess i mean that's just me what i love about this as a game is it starts to make this argument that this is not just aping television that there is something here that's almost like closer to a book because as we watch ellie go over these three days she gets darker and darker in her quest for revenge. She ends up killing basically every single one of Abby's friends. And sometimes it's in self-defense. Like earlier on, it'll be more like she, she finds this person that is connected to Abby. And then there is a struggle and she ends up killing that person. But at the end of the second day of Ellie's story, she meets this character named Nora, who she meets in a hospital and she beats Nora to death and gets the information on where Abby might be from Nora. And it is a horrifying sequence where Ellie just looks so evil and like, it's just sad. And the player all, I just remember what happens is your Ellie is standing there and there's just like a square button prompt. Like it's just like press square and you don't want to you know you don't want to make ellie do this
1: you know you don't want to you can sit there forever (laughs) you can sit there for a long time before you have to press it doesn't just all of a sudden start doing it for you like it makes you do it you have to participate
0: i like the sequence because i think some of the interpretation of this game that i kind of strongly disagree with is the idea that the game judges you the player for all Mm. of these violent acts you are not doing no, this. No, this thing's on rails, baby. Yeah, yeah this it, thing's on rails. You, you're, you're
1: riding along. The, this,
0: this whole thing's on rails. Exactly. No choice. <laughs> and I think the the point of that sequence with Ellie is to emphasize that to you, is to let you know yeah. you are not, you do not have agency when it comes to these characters. If anything, you're playing a character that you might not feel like, it's almost like a lot of the internal conflict for the player comes from having to control or or participate in Ellie's violence this way and I love that feeling because I've never gotten that from any other game I've never gotten this feeling from a game of like this complicated like I'm torn up inside when I play Last of Us Part 2 because I just wish Ellie would stop like I just want her to quit and she doesn't she just keeps Going and it goes really badly for everyone.
1: Yeah, she she makes a comment early in the game to Tommy. Uh, she's like, if it was either one of us, do you think that he would like, uh, not do the same exact thing, not right. immediately go after them and hunt them down? Um, and what we learned through those flashbacks and everything about how he's changed, how he might not do that, you know, mm-hmm. um, now. Um, but Ellie hasn't like we we follow Ellie kind of learning that right. growing up to, to like how he did and it's brutal but you know you know of like really intense things that apparently Joel did before we even got to the series in general and so right. it's like we get to see Ellie's journal journey in this uh, hellish dystopia yeah <laughs> i mean
0: uh, let's talk let's talk a little bit about the difference in uh the combat encounters because one thing that changes yeah. from the first game into this one is that the gameplay sequences are much larger. Um, you get these like kind of intricate levels that sprawl out in ways where I can't easily as a player get a grasp for like the size of the arena and the shape of it, which is really, I think, helpful for yes. immersion.
1: Stressing you out. Yeah. It's stressing you out. You're like, you get lost. I
0: don't know you how big this area is. Bit. Yeah,
1: exactly. Um, and you're like quickly moving. It makes you because you're like, I gotta keep going because I don't know these guys' routes. I don't know how many there are like out in the distance. Mm-hmm. You can't just sit and hold R one the entire time. No. You know, like you have to run. You have to scavenge. I mean, I'm playing the new game plus, and it's like the moderate plus because I just want to play the game. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, and it's like, I mean, I forget like, oh yeah, I'm resource strapped all the time I may have like six bullets max in like maybe a couple guns and then I love um having the bow and arrow like the entire time yeah um now is so satisfying man yeah and the set pieces are just so good mm-hmm. each set piece is a character in itself and like the where you can go because you do have a lot of freedom in this one where the other one like there were like three or four good options right yes and now there's that multiplied there's 14 15 <laughs> good options yeah. you know and and they're all intricate and in how you can move around or what you can do i've been loving some molotovs this this go around oh yeah dude. just like setting people setting them up and then kind of using that and along with a little bit of the um the environment also will help interact a little bit more I feel like in the yeah. first just because the physics and stuff are better. Um man, it's incredible. The set pieces are so fun. Uh your first um that first entry into uh Seattle where it's like the big open world. Mm-hmm. Um you can go to the bank, the courthouse of like <laughs> um I was telling you before the stream i went into that area being like i don't need to explore i don't need to like go to these little side quests right I've you've already done it, already done it. Don't you don't to. need to do it again. i've already done it yeah don't need to do it let's just go to the story let's play the game i did every single one of them because <laughs> it's gonna help myself it was so fun every single one was great um and yeah, it feels so good, like riding your horse through like the tall grass, how they introduce it. It's really like a tutorial area in a mm-hmm. little way, because each one of those places, each one of those hubs kind of shows you a different way to interact with the world. Because as soon as you go to that, fuck the FD, what FEMA, or whatever the hell Fedra, it is, <laughs> yeah. Fedra um, sign, uh the game's like all right there are no training wheels right (laughs) you know like this this is where the real game like is gonna we're gonna start showing you some stuff and it's intense it's so fun
0: yeah um i love the way that ellie like the way that ellie controls as compared to like joel or um mm -hmm. abby that we're gonna talk about in depth in just a minute but i love how ellie she can dodge she's she's very like she is the sneakier of the two. She's less powerful, uh, but she has a really good knife, which is important. She's very good mm-hmm. at like very quickly like stealth killing. And she almost plays like, like, I feel like playing through her sections almost feels like Metal Gear Solid 3. Like I yes. am this very sneaky, like you can go prone now. In, in the original game, you can just crouch, but now you can go prone and hide just in tall grass. And I just feel like her options are just maximizing your ability to just sneakily control what is going on with all of your AI opponents.
1: That she can fit through those walls. So you can yes. quickly
0: move through rooms. So you're, you're so
1: mobile as yep. her, where Joel like, yeah, he was a big guy, so he didn't fit through stuff, but sorry, um, I cut you off. No, but you're point. right.
0: You're it, it is a difference in like, they are using the size of the character to like emphasize a particular approach when it comes to the combat. Um. Also, a big thing to talk about and kind of a hot-button issue for this game is uh, the dogs. So there are dogs now, and they mm-hmm. try to find you. They sniff you out, and they will attack you if they find you. And um, a lot of people, and I mean, I can completely understand this perspective, but um, there are a lot of people that were upset because it means that you kill dogs in this game. And yeah. it doesn't, it's, it's not like chill, like, it's like... They are like, you kill a dog, and then the person whose dog it is is like sad. Like, they're like, oh no, yeah. my my boy, Spot, is dead or whatever. And Dude, it's fucked up. It doesn't feel good. But again, it's Ellie that is doing this, not you, the player. You, you yeah. the player, are put in a position where you have to make this choice. Otherwise, you're going to lose the combat encounter and you're not going to be able to continue on with the story. But ultimately, it is Ellie, the character that is in control here you have basically no this is not a role-playing game you have no say Mm -hmm. in what these characters do and i think because you have no say that's where a lot of the really good tension comes from but when i say Mm -hmm. stuff like this i completely understand that someone might be like i just can't do that like i just can't play this game because i can't like I can't experience this this evil basically through this other character and be okay with myself. Like that's not entertainment to me. And I completely just want to say I completely get that. And it was 100%. I did not expect this game to be as dark as as it
1: was. Um, yeah, the dog wants dog scenes. I'm a huge. I'm a. i have two dogs. Yeah, so you I love dogs. Um, yeah, and so th- these those scenes are very hard. Yeah. Um, very hard to to deal with, and I think. Thankfully, it's not like, oh, okay, no, at some point, all the enemies just have tons of dogs. So it's like your, your kill count on dogs is like in the thousands at the end of the game. Right. Uh, I don't think that's true. It It is... They have done. They're in situations where it makes sense, like wide open spaces, where yep. like you know, if if a humans would have these creatures to do these to have these searches and stuff, right? Um, so it makes it it sets you in the moment. and You're like, wow, this is what this would actually be like, and that'd be terrifying, right? <laughs> you know, so sorry for all the dogs.
0: Yeah, sorry about the dogs. They all go to heaven. And-
1: they all go to heaven they, they do, do all go, all to, go heaven. to heaven
0: so that is kind of like yeah. an upside that i feel like people aren't considering and digital dogs also go to digital heaven um so there you go all all every dog is a good dog even if they're trying to like bite your face off which is what murder these dogs murder you to death and those yeah.
1: kill scenes are disgusting Oh God. i feel like they really ramp that up when you get like bit in the neck or you get like freaking cut in half or anything yeah. like that like it like i was like damn this they really took this if you don't die as ellie a lot i feel like there's a lot of cinematic you don't see right there's like so many different kill cams and it's crazy
0: dude i will say sometimes when i'm seeing like a really gnarly like death animation in this game i do think about like what a horrible time it must have been making this game like truly think about like seeing it every day you're an animator and you work in the game industry. So you have you're in crunch you're you know, I mean they crunched, it's already been written about many times over that there was a lot of crunch on this game at Naughty Dog, and yeah. that sucks, and I hate that. And we don't it's not necessary. We don't need to make games that way. Um, but mm-hmm. that's how they'd made this one and it fucking sucks. But what that means is not only were people crunching on this, but because the game is so dark and so heavy that they had to like 60 hours a week, 80 hours a week working on these like horrifying death animations. Like yeah. my heart goes out to these people that they had to dwell in this very dark, cynical world for so long. Like it must have, I mean really like that that is that's fucking rough. I, and I I I it would be this would be a shitty conversation to not at all factor that in. So I just want to say you know my heart goes out to the people that had to pour so much time and effort into a game that is ultimately like a very dark experience me and you we just sit down we play it for 30 hours and we're like oh my god that's intense and then it's over and we just go about our day people had to spend years just dwelling in this man like oh yeah
1: they they'd go they'd play the thir- seeing 30 hours of that type of violence that would be i mean that's just like a drop in the bucket per week for them i bet right
0: um insane yeah um but yeah so ellie's um ellie's story comes to a head at the end of the third day of her time in seattle where she um still fails to track abby down however she does find Owen, the character we mentioned earlier that Abby has some sort of romantic interest with, and who we later find out is uh, Owen's current girlfriend, Mel, Mel, who is pregnant. And uh, um, Ellie Ellie does Uh, some not good...
1: yeah, because you're you're told early on that Mel is pregnant, and I feel mm-hmm. like that was a like that was like a check gun situation thing. Yeah. It's like, oh, that's no good. Like I don't think it gives you information unless you you're gonna encounter it yeah. later on. Yeah. Um. And yeah, that was. Um. And I remember there's that scene because you go to the what it's like a it's like the end of a pier, right? Right. Um. And you you go into this, and the, the lighting is so dark. Mm-hmm. There's a dog involved yep. in that one. Yep. Uh, mandatory yeah, dog kill uh, in that. Mandatory scene dog kill and it's like that one was tough too uh that one gets that one though hurts worse later in this game yes that oh, one yeah. hurts worse oh much later in this so game. much worse much later in this game yeah uh oh my heart just literally died in my chest for a moment <laughs> so that 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 yeah we'll get there we'll yeah. get to it god um, it's so it's so fucking sad um yeah so, end of day three is rough yeah uh very rough mm-hmm so and watching Ellie like just lose it, yeah, you know,
0: yeah. I mean, really you're, lose herself. You're watching someone that is. I mean, there, there's this. Uh, right before Ellie gets to the the climactic area where she, I would say, kind of unintentionally kills both Owen and Mel. And I feel like that's something people glaze yeah. over. Ellie hasn't become the Terminator. She is mm-hmm. like kind of just in a really like fucked up place right now and she's literally at times there's that part where you're on that boat and you're you're riding the boat to the marina where you're trying to get to and there's this storm and again last of us is not very subtle uh but (laughs) it's it's not it's we're not doing that we are just going straight for the most obvious like visuals we can go for but hey it's effective and ellie is literally Mm -hmm. just like repeating to herself that I'm going to get Abby like it, Abby should be there. I she's just like it's so weird and the the delivery is so good that you feel this sense of like she is not talking to me. Like she's not talking <clears throat> to the player. She is talking to herself. She is really really in locked in this very fucked up emotional place where all that she can really think about is this obsession with revenge and you just i mean really it make it breaks your heart because you're just like turn around like i've never begged in my heart for a character to just fucking stop then ellie yeah. especially in those final moments where things spiral out of control and she kills owen and mel so now she's basically killed i mean almost all of the characters that we met in the prologue of this game mm-hmm. except for abby um and then essentially at the end of the third day ellie uh has to give up on actually finding uh abby and it seems like she's been talked into they have to go back because dina who is pregnant actually um mm-hmm. is sick and is going to need to return uh to jackson otherwise it would risk her life and at that moment Abby finds you and your friends and there's this climactic meeting and then it fades to black and we start the cycle over on day one in Seattle playing as Abby. And I got to tell you, as a story oh. choice in a game, probably the wildest thing I've ever experienced in a AAA A modern so video game. It completely amazing. nuts. Completely nuts. It was amazing. It was like,
1: oh, oh my god and you're like (laughs) you're just like what is what what is going to happen because you know the entire time you're playing her scenes what ellie is doing out there right and it's terrifying yes it's like it's it's like knowing there is like godzilla around the corner and like he's just gonna come stepping down and like oh some of the set pieces for abby abby's abby's chunk is like i mean. They uh, the game is amazing up to this point set mm-hmm. pieces moments drama they somehow go cool I'm glad we showed you that we're gonna make it even better right like here's 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 like literally almost the same th- it's the same three days right and we're gonna make it more extreme uh, the Rat King um, oh I don't God, know if we want to get to that Rat that King hospital sequence is dude. I think that was the moment when I was playing through it first that I was like this might be my favorite game like this might be like the most like fun i've had in a game because like i was not expecting this fucking guy to come rip me out of this ambulance and then i I remember i remember just being like so scared right so frightened like playing i was like this is awful i'm pretty sure i died like the first time because i was just so shocked yeah yeah i remember just like running into a wall and then him just absolutely doming me
0: so we we take over (sighs) abby and she um she lives in Seattle. And she is part of this group that we've been fighting as Ellie called the uh, WLF, uh, a.k.a. Wolves. Wolves. Oh! Yeah. And uh, they're called... I mean, I guess that's why they have dogs, because they're they're called wolves. Um, And they are embroiled in, like, a war in Seattle with this other group called the Seraphites, um, which we have also encountered uh, as Ellie. But when we're Ellie, we kind of have no context for what's happening. And what we find out as Abby is that... This war in Seattle is about to come to a head between these two, these two parties. Uh, the wolves are about to launch an invasion of this island where the, the Seraphites live. And Abby has a reputation in the wolves as being like kind of a killer. She's very, she's got big arms. This, this lady is like very strong. Um, and you feel yeah. that when you play as her, she has a very different approach. I feel like to combat encounters, or at least I am influenced by the animation work and by the weapons that I'm given as Abby. Her her weapons are way more like direct confrontation type stuff, mm-hmm. less about sneaking around and more about getting in there, getting some like racking up some kills, and then like moving forward. And and there's a lot of like you can uh, there's this thing that she does where if you punch or or kill someone with a melee weapon, you get this kind of ability to, to build momentum into another strike on somebody else, uh, which is very much, I think, you know, if Ellie is about sneak, hit and run, Abby is straight yeah. up more just hit and run. And there's less, I feel like, sneaking baked into the formula.
1: It- you spend the first part of the game being really sneaky yes. as Ellie. You are sneaking around everywhere. You do not as Abby. Abby is like sh- exactly how you're describing. I, it feels, it becomes I, way more of like a, it, well, um, sorry. Ellie talks about like these action movies and stuff that mm-hmm. her and, um, Joel would watch and then you play Abby and you're like this is an action movie like right. I am like a 1990s like busting down doors going directly like head to head with some stuff there's there is some like obvious stealth moments but you can like you can bulldoze your way through Abby's stuff because of her uh, repertoire right and like what she has to like bring into the, the set pieces it's so good
0: yeah it's it's kind of crazy the way they were able to have this combat system that is very tight that and then give you two main characters that approach it with uh, i would say there's enough it's not like they're night and day but it's just very smartly conceived to like get you to play the sequences slightly with just different like a, yeah a v- with a different approach um the story that abby experiences in her three days has a very different tone than ellie's Um, basically Mm -hmm. this war is making it so that Abby and her friends are thinking about just getting the hell out of here and not really directly participating in that anymore. And a lot of it has to do with Abby meeting these two uh, Seraphite children who are on the the run from the Seraphites um, named Yara and Lev. And their relationship is, I mean, it very much echoes Joel and Ellie from the first game, but it's just like, I don't know there's something about it there's more like I think difficulty for these characters to kind of like get through because they are literally on separate sides of like a very deep conflict and the way that they sort of come together and become this little family unit is like really special to me like I think it is some of my favorite character work I've ever seen in any video game Um, and it's very subtle. Uh, Joel and Ellie, their relationship, the way it evolves over the course of Last of Us Part One, is very not, It's very like, okay, we've seen this type of relationship before.
1: Yeah, it, we're hitting the story beats. We're getting these characters like where you know they're in a comfortable space. Mm-hmm. We've seen
0: it. Lev and Yara have like, and not to say that they are not tropey at all. Um, they are on yeah. the run mostly because. Lev is a uh, trans boy, and this uh, kind of religious uh, like extremist group does not approve of that, um, which has been yeah. a lot written. We're, I, I don't think we're not equipped here to talk about whether this is good or bad representation. Um, it's not, we don't, (laughs) it doesn't matter what we think about this particular
1: thing. Yeah, exactly.
0: There's a lot of stuff you can read online. Uh, I think there's a lot, there's a variety of opinions on Lev. I have read a lot of stuff about Lev. I love the character, but the character was kind of built for me to love him. And Mm -hmm. I think that there are definitely some things that could have been better with the execution, not saying that, that Lev is perfect or whatever i'm mostly just saying like you should if you're interested in the conversation around this character it's definitely worth reading yeah, the variety perspectives um on it yeah but for our purposes today i just want to say um lev and yara them's my kids all right and mm-hmm. as abby you very quickly um sort of start breaking down these these barriers between uh the, the separation or divide of all of this violence between these two groups with this little family unit that you uh, start creating. And it's really beautiful. And it has nothing at all to do with what Ellie is doing. Like It's out there doing, yeah. <laughs> like, it is really astounding that you start playing as Abby. And you're like, whoa, what? Now I'm playing as... This person that killed Joel—that I just spent mm-hmm. like 15 hours being like, "Oh, I'm gonna kill this person." Now I play as her, and you kind of start to be like, "Wow, actually, I—I I feel I like, like I like this person. <laughs> I feel for her a lot. Yeah, you under—you yeah. find out that her father was the surgeon that was going to. Uh, do the the uh, procedure on Ellie that would have killed her so this is someone that you specifically killed in the first game is Joel you you Mm -hmm. have to kill him and I feel this sense of like conflict in myself as the player as I'm playing as Abby because I began to relate to her you you get a lot of really good flashbacks about her relationship with Owen in the past that is like very relatable beautiful scenes and as you watch Abby soften up and kind of let go of her, so she gets her revenge right at the beginning of the game. She she gets revenge yep. on Joel, and I don't think it really heals her. What heals her not do anything is for the it. love that builds between her and Lev and Yara, and yes. watching that build in this like crisis situation is god it's really good i mean abby day two interesting crescendo yes yes yeah
1: (laughs) yeah day two yeah day two
0: yeah so day two of abby's journey um yara is hurt her arm is uh suffering from this uh it's called compartment syndrome and they're gonna have to amputate yara's arm so in order to do that lev and abby have to go to the hospital which is coincidentally where ellie goes on day two (laughs) Um, very quickly in order to get some supplies. And the way that they do this is Lev reveals that the Seraphites travel via these, they call them sky bridges, which are uh, all of the ruined skyscrapers have these, like, kind of connective pathways that the Seraphites have. I don't know how they would have built them, but I guess they built them somehow. Um, And Abby, coincidentally, is afraid of uh, heights, which is, like, just kind of a fun uh, character, thing about her so i think visually speaking this is naughty dog's best work because they convincingly mm-hmm. get you high up have you ever seen um on youtube there are these videos of these people that climb like at the tallest points of skyscrapers in the world like they're like people you can watch climbing the shanghai tower just free climbing yeah terrifying free climbing. horrifying terrifying. stuff and you do that <laughs> as abby and lev in this game lev of course not really scared of heights abby literally gets like vertigo and god the scene like really makes you feel like you are very high and your uh, stomach gives you some turns yeah you
1: you get the you get the tummy and you're like
0: oh my god this is is so terrifying i mean it is just an incredible sequence like i and Mm -hmm. and meanwhile you know, Naughty Dog is doing their usual thing of like, you're in this situation, and these characters are getting to know each other, and they're spending time with each other, and they're just having like, I don't know how they are so good at writing that kind of scenario dialogue, that sort of just, these two people dealing with the situation talking to each other, because like, if there is a strength yeah. they have, it's that. If, if we zoom out, and we talk about the narrative overall, yeah, it's 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 very blunt it's very it's it's in some ways um kind of intense in in ways that i feel like sometimes it would be if it was a little more mature maybe there would be a little more like nuance and elegance to it um but i mean that's kind of i mean where we're at with game storytelling is like to me this is still like kind of revolutionary but the thing that i would absolutely 100 percent defend in all circumstances is that dialogue in between characters when we're just like exploring or scavenging. Yeah. And a lot of the dialogue between Abby and Lev on that day too is like some of their best work. Um, um, and it's just, yeah, so convincing.
1: You really feel like you're there with another person. Yeah. Um, and like, yeah, the conversations are so natural, like even just the sound effects of you moving through the environment. Mm-hmm. It really settles you in um, to like, yeah, it's just and like interacting with the environment and the conversations that are, you know, emerge from that. And, and yeah, when they dive back into like talking about their past and you really get those insights where like what you were saying, you zoom out, you, you're going to see like this blunt story this mm-hmm. violent story but these little tiny moments where you're walking yep. through a hallway you're still scared you're you're pressing r1 every now and then just <laughs> yeah. like to listen um but like you're also having these wonderful conversations but they keep you engaged because what i love about it they just don't happen and you can't miss it you have to like press triangle sure like so that yeah. way you can like bring them in and like you are intentionally st- Living in that moment, right? Um, and I really enjoy that they call that out and make it because it is important. They're they're mm-hmm. important um, little dialogues that you know if you miss them, if you gloss by them, if you don't participate, um, some of these some of these action sequences are gonna feel like ooh, you know, right? Um, when they could feel like really guttural and and real real. Um, it's man, <sighs> Abby's that that freaking that hospital sequence with her is just
0: insane so after we've traveled through the sky bridge um abby ends up at the hospital um which is like the closest her and ellie i think come you know to meeting um until the end of the game so are they in the building at the same time i believe so uh or like i I I I believe when when ellie is beating nora uh, a fun mm-hmm. story thing I noticed is that Nora actually lies to her. Um, so what the, the information that Ellie gets out of Nora is incorrect because if Nora was telling the truth, she would say that Abby is here in the hospital um, because yeah. Abby is underneath the Seattle hospital is this kind of quarantine zone where some of the oldest infected are. And this is very interesting from a narrative perspective because Abby has to go down here in order to get the supplies. The rest of the supplies have been shipped off because the wolves are about to launch a full-scale assault, so they need all of that on the front. So she has to go into this quarantine zone, and what she finds down there is this sort of, it's called the Rat King, I guess. It's just a bunch of infected all attached to each other in like a giant ball, and I think the lore explanation is like this would be like, one of the earliest infected that's just been down there for so long that it is mutated into this large, like, kind of blobular thing. It's almost like the uh, monster that you like become. a golem. A... Yes, it's like a giant golem, and it will burst yeah. through walls, and you really have to go to town on it. It will kill you in one hit. It is mm-hmm. such a wild, scary encounter. I mean, like, it is some of the scariest stuff I've dealt with in a game.
1: Yeah, because we, we talked earlier about like moving through the environments and you feel like you get lost. Mm-hmm. This environment's relatively small. Yes, it's, and you it's can a, feel lost so quickly, right? Because um, I mean, this guy doesn't care about walls. Yep. he busts them down. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, he moves. There's no hiding, right? And yeah, you're like you're trying to get like bombs out, and I mean, I it took me a long time to get the people that can get through this on you know the one time you, like permadeath oh that's crazy hats off hats off to them yeah hats off to them because this this fight's
0: crazy yeah um yeah yeah i can't imagine doing a permadeath run of last of us part two i wouldn't want to attempt it to be honest because it's Mm -mm. just the game i mean the game's not unreasonably difficult but i do feel like you mess up a lot i mean there's not a lot of room for like mistakes basically especially with this uh particular boss fight um So basically at the end of day two, Abby gets Yara the medical attention that she needs and we move into the final day, which for Abby basically (laughs) involves going to this island that the wolves are about to invade in order to rescue Lev, who has gone back um, to possibly rescue his mother or confront his mother. It's actually a little bit unclear. Um, What it is that Lev is trying to do. Lev is a child, so I think it's kind of like just coming from a place of like not of, of guilt over what will happen to his mother, basically, yeah. and wanting to know, you know, what what he can do or, or just or what he can possibly change about uh, the situation. Um, but you basically sneak into an active war zone for all of day three, and it is. As far as gameplay goes, it feels like the peak of the game. There's still more game in it. Yeah. But day three feels like this big culmination of all of this, just wild visuals. There are times where you are riding on horseback through the fighting. Um, A lot of our kind of tertiary characters or like villains are kind of resolved. Um, Isaac who is I would say kind of the closest thing we get to a traditional villain in this game yeah. uh, is the leader of the wolves. And he is dealt with in this sequence. Sadly, um, this is a spoiler, but I love Yara. I think Yara is a great character and we spend all of day two, like trying to help Yara and then she doesn't make it, man. It's like very yeah. fucking sad. Like you, you lose, you, you have this little family unit, this like trio and, And you lose someone in that trio like kind of as it's uh, blossoming. And it's the type of thing where like the way Last of Us works is a horrible thing happens and we do not have time for processing. Which is consistent with the characters. I mean Ellie is deliberately preventing herself from processing anything to do with Joel's death because she is just focused on you know the combat of trying to find um, Abby. But the I mean, the day three Abbey sequence, as far as like a fusion of gameplay and set piece and just visual design, is incredible and probably mm-hmm. probably one of. I mean, if if the Skybridge se- sequence is like as one chunk of game, like Naughty Dog's greatest achievement as far as visual design goes, day three of Abbey, I think, is their best like vertical slice of gameplay to cinematic to set piece to you know like tour of this is what is happening in this game right now um it does such a good job of like ratcheting up that tension and keeping the pace up to such an extent that you are like kind of losing your mind like by the end of it you're just kind of like dude i need a glass of water like at the end of that (laughs) sequence or a bottle of wine yes (laughs) um but then of course day 3 brings us to the point where Abby finds out about Ellie which is insane what, like what Ellie's been up to And and yeah. you you the player know the whole time I mean it, the all of Abby's story is you meeting characters that you know Ellie is about to kill and Abby's mm-hmm. just having another day with her buds and... and but you get to
1: see sometimes the last moment she has with those people mm-hmm. And, you know, and sometimes they're really, they're really well. Not sometimes, almost every single time they're really touching. Yeah. Um. Or they they're really emotional. Um, man, the we were talking about the dog, sweet dog. Yeah. Um, you coming back home? Uh, you know, like all the moments you have with the dog. Right. And then you going back to the the again. I don't know if it's a lighthouse or if it's just like the a little marina. building. The marina. The marina.
0: Thank you. Um, man. Yeah, you get to play fetch with this dog that you know Ellie is going uh, to kill. And again, I realize that for a lot of people, and I see, I, I read a lot of writing on this game because there are a lot of people that I feel like categorically do not like this. And I, and I want to make sure that I know, like, I, I just want to communicate to those people. I get it. Like, this is not the traditional idea of what fun is. You know? Yeah. And it's, it's like well beyond that. And is it cynical? Yeah, I think it's cynical. I think that the cynicism is kind of breached by these moments of like human beauty. And I think mm-hmm. that also um, a big part of my argument as to like maybe why it's okay for this game to be as dark as it is, is that this is clearly the second part of a three-part story i
1: have a question for you yeah we asked each other if this game was good um is this game fun it's uh, that's because that, i don't think it's yeah <laughs> yeah it's i don't think it's fun i think it's like this game is like oh hey do you want to play some art do you want to play a movie yeah you know do you want to be in like a martin scorsese film or whatever sure you know? i don't know what director we would tie to it but um you know like uh It's, it's, it's not asking us to have a fun time. I think it's asking us to like, Hey, this, we made a human story. Mm -hmm. Let's, let's, you know, let's play this human story. And it is, um, man, it is truly, 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 truly tragic. Um, with everything that, you know, could have been done to prevent so much of it. Yeah. Um, but it's so human. It is so wonderful. Um man yeah Abby's uh well we can we let's get to the where she let's get to the
0: end of it right so Um, so Abby meets uh Ellie we come full circle which is like such an interesting structural choice we've now circled all the way back around and we are now playing as Abby and we confront Ellie and it all culminates in a boss fight where you are playing as Abby against Ellie um, Ellie, Abby has yeah. no, none of her um gear. Ellie has all of the gear that you <laughs> collected as Ellie when you played as Ellie and she uses all of it against you. And what a wild context so for a boss fight in a video game. Like yeah. It you essentially you you're hiding out in the um kind of uh, basement of a movie theater where there's a bunch of like old props and like uh little pieces of just stuff that they would use for either promotion or whatever um and it it just kind of like you just kind of have to like hide from ellie and find her and fight her and the whole time again that relationship that you as a player have to these two characters you are now watching them fight each other and you are not sure what you want to happen you're not sure who you want to win yeah
1: because you just got through abby seeing just like the death of her everyone she loves mm-hmm. you know and from and this individual that you you didn't play as her killing joel but you right. played her leading into the moment you know and then on the other side you have this person that you know the actions that they're making how they're trying to murder you is because you killed someone that was extremely important to them. Right. Uh it is um, man, what a weave that that boss fight weaves, you know, yeah. like and like you get stuck in so many like little moments of like, man, I don't I'm first time playing it, I had I just like, I don't know, are they gonna kill each other? <laughs> like, yeah, like is this gonna is this just gonna be like they both just die yeah. and like this is the end of the game? How wrong I was.
0: Yeah. <laughs> So ultimately, the boss fight uh, culminates in this moment where Abby has has bested Ellie and is going to possibly kill Dina, but Lev stops it. Lev intervenes to stop this senseless cycle of violence. Abby relents and walks out of the situation. And then there's another kind of bold story thing. We cut forward in time, and we're playing mm-hmm. as Ellie who is now living with Dina and Dina's child. They have become a little family unit, and they essentially live in, I guess it's like the Rocky Mountains, and they just have this idyllic, nice farm. farm. It's just this beautiful sequence. Um, And you just kind of... It kind of reminds me of the end of Red Dead Redemption 1, where the story is over, and now the characters can just sort of, we can just watch them enjoy their lives a little bit. However, Ellie, who no longer has this Abby revenge to focus on, is experiencing the, the kind of feelings that she was suppressing before over Joel's death. And she's experiencing like hallucinations and, and just straight up PTSD over that loss that she hasn't processed. Meanwhile, the all the other horrible things that she did uh, just receive like minor notes from her. That's yeah. how like a, such a difficult place we have put this character and you really feel for her. And again, it's another like sequence where all you want is for Ellie to just focus on healing, to just stop being d- this person. Stop and, being angry. Stop being angry and just try to be in this um, this new beautiful world that she's found. Um, And it doesn't work out because uh, Tommy shows up. Uh, Tommy is still angry and still hell bent on getting revenge on Abby. And he has Intel that Abby has gone down to Santa Barbara, California, um, possibly looking to, we know from some things that uh, we learned in Abby's side of the game that she's interested in finding if there's any fireflies, which is a group from the first game, she's interested in reuniting with them if she can uh, possibly find them. So we know that's what's going on with Abby and Tommy informs Ellie of this. Dina has no desire for Ellie to do mm-hmm. any more revenge stuff. Uh, and basically tells Ellie, if you go, that's it for us. I We won't be here when you get back. And, God, it feels so yeah. bad. But she goes. She goes. She just leaves. Mm-hmm. Um, we and then you find out that you you're so far into this game. You've you've done what you thought was the final boss, and we still yeah. have more game to play. It's incredibly yeah, to surprising.
1: California. <laughs> so uh.
0: <laughs> yeah. So then we have this epilogue where we get to play. We play as Abby and Lev, we play as a, a kind of day in their life as they live it now. They are looking for the fireflies in Santa Barbara. They find a little um they find a little lead, uh, via some radio transmission stuff that they may have found the fireflies, but just as they find it, they get kidnapped by a slaving group called the Rattlers. And that's where we yeah. leave them. And then we cut to Ellie. Some time has passed. She's made an an entire game's worth, I guess, of journey to Santa Barbara. And she is there to find Abby. And uh, she finds her. (laughs) Yeah, she finds her. Um, Yeah,
1: that whole Santa Barbara sequence was just like, that's when Abby, like, she felt unhinged.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Not our. Sorry, not Ellie felt Ellie. unhinged. Yes. Um. Ellie felt so unhinged. Like, it, I was like, this is hard to play. Yes, Like, and it's I played. Th- I played all the other. I played all the other game before this moment. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I just got done playing a lot of hard stuff, and I'm like, dang, this is like a whole other level. Dude. Like, um. And then when you finally get to it, like, Abby's situation. Um. I don't know much detail we want to get into, but like. Um, the confrontation between her and Ellie is crazy good. Yeah. It, um, it's because uh, what I love about it is the beginning of the game is that boat, <laughs> and you're like, it, it, all of a sudden it comes after 30 hours. You're mm-hmm. like, oh my god! <laughs> like that's where you were showing me that this entire time. Yeah, and that's um, what it was
0: about. It was about this kind of like last moment of the story. Um, yeah, it it really. It, you're watching a character that is so in denial and so unwilling to process what's going on with them that they they take it to the furthest extreme that they mm-hmm. could possibly think of the the writers like it, it is she she comes to within an inch of of killing abby again after rescuing her she rescues abby to just and Abby's kill in a her.
1: terrible state. Yes. She's emaciated the entire yes. time. He plays this really like powerful woman, and then she's emaciated because she's been trapped in this dungeon. Um, and yeah, and you you rescue her, and then you go to a beach, and in like ankle high, you know, calf high water, you fight to the death.
0: It's so <laughs> sad. It is just like so. I mean, like pit of your stomach. Like, originally... So, I mean, the first time I played this game, I was crying probably at the end of every chapter. And I remember, yeah. like, I'm... Like, the first time I played through this final sequence, I'm, like, pausing it to be like, Dude, I don't... I ha- I have to, like, take a break. Like, I don't know that I could just experience this whole hog. Um, I played the ending last night. Um, I finished it. And I... Gotta tell you, couldn't sleep afterwards. Just could not. It was so affecting and wound up. Oh, God. It's just never have I felt this like internal like screaming of just like really just wanting. I'm so like, uh, I'll say this at the end of Last of Us Part Two, I'm glad Ellie uh, does not kill Abby. I'm glad that she doesn't do it. But good Lord, am I disappointed. In her. Like, I can't Mm -hmm. even describe the level of just sad disappointment I have in her. And the idea of like Last of Us Part Three, of there being another game where I'm going to play as Ellie, like, it's such an interesting, dramatic question that they've posed here, which is just like, can Ellie ever kind of heal after having done all of this? Like, the end result of her action is that she saves Abby and Lev, which is you know, definitely a a positive thing. But the yeah. fact that it's all kind of wound up in her horrible revenge that ultimately she relents because of a memory she has about Joel, the last you get to see the last time her and Joel ever speak in the middle of the boss fight.'s very like moving, smart place to put that scene uh and in seeing that sequence i i don't even know what what like where we are going now basically because the game Mm -hmm. ends Mm -hmm. ellie has lost uh she loses two of her fingers in the fight with abby um and she can't which means she can't play guitar anymore which is something we haven't mentioned that but through the entire game there's this like obsession with the guitar guitar. yeah there's like a guitar i really loved
1: it i yeah it's really i wish i could just sit and play that for a little while <laughs> oh you can and it's the remastered sucks.
0: version has a free play mode that you, where you can just kind of oh, the guitar. It? it's really fun um so oh, that's that is wonderful see that's something that it's got um that's worth ten dollars <laughs> i think um but yeah and then you just kind of watch ellie uh ellie after this uh after ellie and abby part after their horrifying which i a lot of critics i respect um really hate that uh final fight i just want to say for the record I I love that it is at that point still willing to push you the player and I can understand again at at every point I get why this game pushes people away um for me I my heart was so open to these characters that it was so fucking tough to watch them like wail on each other um, that I was just completely, uh, you know, I I was uh, I was in it. I was there with them. It's a and... testament
1: to the writing, mm-hmm. to everything about it, like all the the structure and the, how they build it up the entire time. They never stop building, yeah. Um, until you get to that very last moment, you know, Ellie goes back home and to an empty house. Yep, and you know, and it's like, uh, yeah, it's so it's so impactful. You know, I. Name another protagonist that you get... I mean, we can call her a protagonist antagonist. I mean, she wears a yeah, lot who of who knows? <laughs> she's, um, <laughs> she's all kind of antagonist um, in this game. Uh, but, you know, name another main character where you go through that journey. You know, where you go through that emotional depth mm-hmm. of, like, I get to, like, experience it because I'm, you know, again, driving the car. But, like...
0: So, the scene with Joel is... Um, after there's this thing that happens where they show you this scene where they're at a dance and Dina and Ellie kiss and then this guy starts being like shitty to Ellie about it and then Mm -hmm. Joel interferes and Ellie like hates that because she's still upset with Joel because of all the stuff from the first game and they have this conversation where Joel, I mean it's, it's a really wild scene but Joel basically says like, like, if given another chance, I would do it all the same, which is mm. a wild thing to say. And I do think ultimately like it it is what makes Joel so so compelling as a character is because he is like very complicated ethic. I disagree. Like he should not have done this. No. Uh it was the wrong call, but it's a complicated call. Like and and I feel it's easier for me to say that because this is just a story right but he is a character in the story and he loves Ellie like his daughter and he's not willing to lose another daughter and I understand that aspect of him Um, but it's wild to hear him just say it so plainly like that and then Ellie says that she doesn't think that she can forgive him but that she wants to try basically yeah because at this point
1: she's a she's aware uh, of like oh he's Mm -hmm. like if i would have died a cure would have been made like she's aware of of that yeah and that is um man yeah and just and everyone because you go back to the very beginning of the game everyone's like oh are you and joel okay are you and joel okay Mm -hmm. and you never get to get that until the very very end right
0: but yeah i mean and then you know we watch we watch ellie walk away from this house just into the Wilderness, no, no idea where she is going to go. And it is, um, it is sad. It is, I would say it's even, I would use like big negative words, like dreadful even. It's dreadful. Yeah, it is there's, full there's, of dread, this game. um, yeah. But, and the thing that I think is missing in a lot of people's like analysis of it that I just wish they would give this story more credit for is that this is definitely 100% not the last game in this series. This is not the end point of this entire story. And I think there are a lot of people that sort of took it that way. I think that when the first game ended, it wasn't clear there was going to be a sequel and there didn't necessarily have to be one. Mm-hmm. But there has to be a sequel to part two because we can't just have all of the, like we we have put our character at their the lowest point that we can possibly imagine and they basically went so far that they were perhaps going to in my opinion damn their soul forever metaphorically um and they pulled back at the last moment they showed a little bit of that old ellie is still in there that they, that she might be worth saving <sighs> that she might be able to in some way make amends for all of this i don't know how Like, I don't think... Yeah, I was just going
1: to ask, like, what what do you think that looks like? Because... I don't know. Obviously, we'd we'd have to time jump a little bit, or would we pick up immediately after this tragedy, you know? Because, like, um, because Dina, yeah, like, I can't, you know, yeah, she says she, you know, they're no longer gonna be together i mean she just went back to jackson i mean presumably gonna go back to jackson presumably mm-hmm. yeah um we don't know if ellie's gonna go back to jackson but i imagine she's going to um uh, you know like it is curious like the only way i could see it like do you think anything about her immunity anything about the 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 cure is it all on the table if there is a part three
0: i think so because, because yeah i think that The reason that we have the Abby plot with, you know, where we leave Abby is perhaps the Fireflies are coming back together. I don't know if after Abby has been through the experience that she's been through, that's still on her mind, if that's still something that she cares about. But if we are kind of interested in circling around, then perhaps that is like kind of where this story is going. Perhaps there is hope still in this very dark, dismal world. But let me tell you... I could not have predicted any of the stuff that happened in part two. And I do not presume to be able to predict the third part of this story. But I do think that my overall enjoyment of the series is going to be affected by where we land with the entire story. So that is kind of how I took this ending Um, to be really cliche about it. And to, I mean, this is like, this is kind of lame, actually, considering like how dark we're talking here. But I took that ending as an Empire Strikes Back type mm. moment. I took this as this is a really fucked up place and dark place to leave these characters. And I don't know if I buy that this is the end point of this story. If this is what these. Writers and storytellers if this is where they want to leave me in such a a, a cynical sad Dark yeah, what if it place. is
1: though? Um Like I I think sometimes I get this with like certain television shows and sometimes I'm surprised afterwards I'm like, okay. I, I'm glad they you know fooled me like Barry um, Barry for instance just minor Barry spoilers. Mm-hmm. Oh wait. No have you watched I have not watched the last but... season of Barry so you might I, okay. don't spoil for me okay but but uh um then it, you watch the the season leading into this one yes. right the very end where he, he gets caught mm-hmm. there's a there's a huge part of me that was like i just want that to be it right because the way he, they told the story mm-hmm. through it felt like if they just end where he finally gets caught and it, the way he gets caught um i was like i would be fine if that was it you know um i would be fine if they ended that there because i think it's kind of um exciting to just not know. Right. right? Sometimes it's I I don't need that like explanation. And so with Last of Us Part 2, um like I kind of like it. I kind of like that you end in this very awful state because right. it's just, just it, it feels like very much the game of, of of it being like we don't there's not happy endings here. There's no mm-hmm. happy stories. The and the moments that are happy, we find a way to like bring them back into like hey, this is actually real life you know right. <laughs> or, or you know this is like not a you know a satisfying outcome um man and yeah i don't know uh i think i think it could end right there and i could be totally fine with it i just don't know what you do for part three if there is a part three you know like i just don't know the story you tell i but think again, like you said surprised by part two we did not know this was this right. is where i was going to go with it Um, But I think we knew going into it, there would be repercussions from Noel. Joel, I mean, you know, I I feel like there'd be like, you knew like, hey, we're going to have a resolution to that event. Mm -hmm. There's no way we were leaving that one off. There's just no there's i mean everything wraps up that's i think that was one thing that i was kind of surprised is everything felt wrapped up for the most part there was some relationship stuff that were kind of like damaged but i don't think there's anybody coming after ellie no and i don't think there's anybody coming after abby you know um and like there's, there's no like revenge really there um no like uh i just i i would be i'd be so surprised i mean i'm i'm ready for anything i mean they Give me this. I mean, I, I'm not going to say no, right? To, uh, then go in a third time. But, um, well, here sometimes I just don't want it to be tarnished, right? I don't want that journey to be tarnished. Oh, I hear
0: you. And and I think, yeah. I think that this is exactly the type of situation where the third part could be the weakest, um, especially mm-hmm. considering how polarizing the second game was. Uh, anytime I think you have a polarized response to something, like look at Star Wars, like Last Jedi comes mm-hmm. out. Very polarizing response. And so uh, the next movie is like 10 times worse, basically. Regardless of how you yeah. feel about Last Jedi, that next movie was really bad and obviously was kind of just a response to all the hate. I would hate to see Last of Us Part Three go in that direction. But I do want to say, I think what I need from the story, what I want to see is I just spent, you know, 30 hours, 30 some odd hours watching Ellie refuse to process all of this internal like stuff going on with her. And I feel like the way the narrative worked out was she had to go so far to kind of like create that little glint of like inner hope that all Mm. is maybe not lost. And I need to see this character explore that. Because if I had to watch her go on this like horrifying revenge quest the whole time, obviously being in this place of like depression and uh, suppression of her like psyche in this way and then not actually get to see her process that ever, I would be kind of bummed out and I would feel yeah. like maybe the this series, Has kind of like doesn't really arrive at it at an interesting point. I mostly like Last of Us Part II for the dramatic questions that it poses, and I'm not necessarily saying I want a sequel that answers questions because that's why that that will be bad. But I need to see the characters make some process or progress on uh, some of their inner conflicts that I feel like I did not get out of this game, which is fine. This game did not need to have that. It is not about that. But um, just considering Ellie as a character that I have a relationship with as an audience member, I need to see her process this stuff. And I need to see her deal with not just Joel, but all of the horrible things that she did in Seattle. That has to have psychic consequences if not actual material consequences because i think we've already done that we're not going to do and i mean who knows i again we shouldn't predict anything but we have done character does horrible thing there are material consequences in the next chapter for that choice Mm -hmm. but what i need from ellie is like okay you did some stuff and that's gonna change your world forever. You're not the same person anymore. Yeah.
1: How do you repair the world? How do you redeem yourself in your eyes? And maybe not to other people's, but to right. your eyes. How do you like you know, cause I think there was some of Joel doing that. Mm-hmm. Well, we he kind of fixes, he kind of changes, you know, and forgives himself mm-hmm. um and tries to move forward. And it would be curious to see what that looks like for Ellie. Um I think you know, it's I'd be so So curious to see how they land on like Mm -hmm. approaching it for her. Like how long does it take, you know, um, to make it happen? What, you know, what's the most effective um, length of time for her to like process everything? Because she does a lot of stuff. Mm
0: -hmm. Um, Yeah, it is very interesting to think. I think that um, it's interesting to think about Joel in this context. So Joel in the story Um, he definitely softens in between part one and part two. I think that's a big Mm -hmm. thing that I locked into with the whole, like he helps Abby out and that's not very Joel to do. Um, But at the same time where we end with his character is him saying that if given the chance, he would do it all over again. So he has not changed his opinion as far as like where the ethics stand On what he did and it doesn't even seem like he even struggles with it he's not even really he's like that was obviously the right thing to do which I think I would disagree with anyone being that cocky about that very (laughs) um, ethically uh, dubious proposition what I think I want from Ellie is to see those steps with Joel we don't see a lot of stuff that's one of the things that I think it's kind of weird that people love Joel so much as a character because he is pretty static, like very few things change mm-hmm. about him over the course of the first game and the second. I'm noticing this like one thing and being like, oh, cool. The character grew and changed. He is this guy that has developed in the gaps of the story, whereas Ellie, yeah. we see the steps. We see all the things that happen with her. If You play the DLC for Last of Us 1, you see... All of like kind of these very important moments of her life, but with Joel at the beginning of the game, we see his daughter dies, which is important, and we need to know that about him. But then there's a huge gap that we just skip over, and then it's alluded to that in that time he's just kind of this horrible survivor, survivalist, and yeah. that's it. We're just told that we get little hints now and then of like things that he used to do that were like fucked up. You know, we we get to see aspects of his character. Through his actions, but the as the development of his character is not something that we really get to see. We in 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 finding out at the end of Last of Us Part 2 that he would do it all over again, it kind of hits as like, yeah, man, I'd like Joel is just this is just who Joel is. This is this guy. Yeah. I did not get to see him step by step become this guy. But Ellie, I did. I did get to see the steps of her development. And that's why I'm saying I need more steps. This, this can't be the last step for this character because Mm. I won't accept it because then I'm going to be agreeing with all the people that say this game's too dark. To be honest, if that's the case, if this is the best we can do, if this is where we wanted to land this character the whole time, that's too cynical for me. I can't accept that as a final point, basically. Um, but Mm. their work's cut out for them (laughs) as
1: far as yeah their work is cut out for them that's exactly because like yeah the sequel would be just yeah it'd have to be it just would have to be perfect they just couldn't mess it up Mm -hmm. um you know like i feel like that last moment we get with ellie when she's walking into the woods and like leaving the house um just the feeling that they the acting that ashley johnson does mm-hmm. um it does really come off as like a person who's about to have those feelings you know like have those moments um and it's it's interesting that we talk about how joel made these big changes as a character off screen mm-hmm. um and i am curious because now that I've thought about it for a second, like we, if we want that, we can't pick up years later. Yeah. For Ellie. It's true. You know, and if we do, then you're telling a whole story where it's like a memento thing and you're like playing out past parts to like learn how stuff. Yeah. And I'm not, that I'm not a hundred percent in love with that. Um, But I'm excited to see what happens. I mean, I love it the way it is right now. Uh, I I think it's really emotional and impactful. And yeah, maybe, you know, one day they can uh, really pull a rabbit out of the hat and give us a part three.
0: <laughs> yeah, it, I, I love that we're both in agreement that if the third game is good, it will be kind of a hat trick. That it is not, yeah. not easy um, to put a story in this type of uh, dangerous zone. And then come up with uh, the next chapter for it. So
1: I would love to see more of the world. You know, that's Me another too. thing. We got to go to California and you know, I really loved I really, really loved that. I mean, I thought mm-hmm. it was it felt like I went to another part of the world in the yeah. game. You know, I had never experienced that type of environment. Um and yeah, I I would love to see more of it, you know, like you know, maybe the next one is is Ellie like searching out some scientist that could cure everyone using her body you know maybe maybe we get like a buddy cop thing with abby and her maybe we get both of them together in some way searching out the fireflies (laughs) or something um or maybe they are bigger in it i don't know it could be really wild there's so many options um
0: yeah i I feel like you know naughty dog is not good luck (laughs) naughty dog is not listening but i wonder if they could hear us right now if they would be like shaking their heads no and being like Oh, these these We've naive children! <laughs>
1: you don't even know, um, but you know. And in, in, in conjunction to this, we're also getting the the live adaptation, right, of TV part show. two, which mm-hmm. is going to be two seasons, which is makes so much sense, right? Right. Obviously, we are we. Me and you know that first season ends with Ellie meeting Abby, right? Um, you know, and then the second season is going to be from Abby onward. That's the only way you can do it. If you don't do it like that, if you try to intermingle the stories, right. you're, you're messing the whole story up. Yeah, um, I think so. Uh, which is funny because they made a big deal about like keeping who Abby was, is, is going to be kind of like a relative secret. And then right. they announced it. Um And it's like, well, she's only going to be in that second season for a little bit. Right. <laughs> you know, like we're not going to see a lot of her. Um We're going to see the most important part. Right. <laughs> the, the, uh, I, which, you know, I bet it's going to happen the first
0: three episodes. I do wonder, you know, I think adapting the first game into a TV show made sense. Uh, There was Mm. a lot about that first game that reminded me of an HBO TV show. But if you think about a lot of the stuff we've talked about over the last two hours, a lot of it really is baked into the idea that this is a video game. And I just wonder how the TV show will translate any of that. Have you
1: ever watched Yellow Jackets?
0: No, I've not. I would love to watch that show. Um, I hear it's good uh,
1: that we've been, we've been watching it now. So it's been fun, like replaying this and like watching that show because it's just honestly, it's too much violence. Sometimes I do need a break, uh, yes. but Yellow Jacket. There's some really like intense things in it. I'm like, there's moments where I'm like, I could see this. I can see how last of us two is going to work Um, uh, there. are yeah, you're right. There are some video gamey things, obviously, Um, but I story wise. I feel very confident that we're going to get um <laughs> we're going to get a really bonkers streamlined yeah. 10 episodes of of <laughs> of this and just be like "Geez, you're really taking us for a ride because yep. it's like it just it's just three days mm-hmm. you have you have 10 days to well i guess you know the time in jackson that's probably what two days because they sure. make her wait a day whatever so it's five days it's like one week <laughs> we, we get to see what the story you know where the first game took place over what like six six or so months it was like a good while was oh, like, like a whole year months?
0: yeah because you got you got yeah, fall it was a whole year fall fall spring or sorry fall winter no, it starts in summer so summer summer whatever uh, you get the full cycle yeah, yeah, yeah or whatever. Yeah, yeah.
1: it ends in spring begins in um summer, summer i think
0: yeah yeah
1: um but yeah so it's it's gonna be really interesting um man
0: we this could has probably been...
1: talk another hour dude <laughs> yeah this. i know
0: if if we want to start talking about the so tv show is this a good really
1: game go. so is this a good game <laughs> yeah it's, i
0: think it's a good <laughs> game i think for for us it is unquestionably a good game because we easily talked about it for two hours um I yeah I feel like god I love I love having you on and then us just getting to like kind of gush about something we care about um yeah I will say we one thing that we did not do and I'm glad we did not uh dwell on it for too long but maybe I should have put this up front uh this wasn't really very interested in uh responding to the haters um uh no those of you that that hate this game I uh, didn't really want to waste time, too much time, like talking about those aspects. um And but I, I, I also didn't want to make it sound like if you don't like this game, I don't get it at all. Like as I'm playing it, as I'm being shocked by this game over and over, I get oh, I why it's not. I could see where people get
1: upset. Yes. Yeah, I could get. Well, I, there's different moments. Where I'm like, oh, I could see how people could understand this, and I get it. Yes. I just so happen to be, you know, of little freak and I yeah. love this game yeah um and it yeah it's oh wait it's just so good it's art it is it is very captivating video game art is some mm-hmm. of the best video games you know what we got to uh you know master class of what uh, video games can do for storytelling right
0: um well after all of this heartfelt discussion, this like real talk about how we feel about this uh this piece of of uh media uh do you want to rank it on the list or what do we even do do we need to rank it should we not rank it like is it oh maybe this two? this game
1: this no this game goes on the list right for oh, sure maybe yeah. we maybe we maybe we look at the list i mean i want to put it on the list i mean it's one of the best games of all time <laughs> i mean my, it's my definitely opinion
0: it's I definitely like the way we seem to feel about it. It should be ranked on the list here. Let me let me send yeah. you the list real quick. I don't
1: think anyone has to play this to like understand what video games can do, but if there's people that love like HBO shows, you know, right. or Showtime shows or like those types of like really involved, like episodic, um, you know, like human humanist stories right then they're gonna love this you know they're gonna absolutely love it i mean it's you know and then from a game perspective it's not like brutal i mean you can if even if you you don't have to be a a capital g gamer to play this game like right you anybody can play it you know whether or not you can really stomach it all the way you know (laughs) what
0: are you gonna do So i guess what i'm saying is this is a game that i know i feel strongly about but for some reason when I look at the list, I d- have no idea where to put this game. So I'm really looking to you, son. To What is it? Is the blue, blue or red? What am I looking at? Which one am I looking oh, at Oh, it's here? it's the blue. Look at the blue. Okay, okay, okay. Okay.
1: So, so you you need you need my help.
0: I need your help, bud, because I really don't know wh- oh, I just don't know where to put it. Like I feel like I would have an easier time ranking the first game. Although I feel like for a portion of the audience, I don't love the game, uh, that game enough basically. Mm -hmm. And I probably love part two too much for their taste, but I don't, I have no idea what to do with this game. Um, this, this
1: is what I got to say. Uh, part one is, is a great game. It really, it, it was the birth of showing us, um, a type of game that we had not yet experienced in the polish that we got it. Mm -hmm. Um, But part two gave us the, hey, let's like, let's actually, let's open up our hearts. Yeah. Let's like, let's, let's really create something timeless, like an experience, a, a story that like, you know, you, you don't see, um, you don't see very often. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh they nailed it um so i'm just my first eye my first thing came to mind i was like this game's better better than metal gear solid 2
0: oh yeah um
1: yeah 100 percent.
0: i think it has a Um, lot in common with that game too um as far as like the trick that it pulls on the player and this whole like multi-perspective aspect of it i think it does that really really well they're so different as far as like tone though i mean metal gear solid 2 is not trying to affect you emotionally really but
1: it's 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 wonky it has some wonkiness i will say this i like i think it's a better game feel than like metal gear solid but when it comes to legacy i don't think it holds like a torch to like that right i think last of us uh, uh you know i think it a lot of its origins rest in the fact that Metal Gear Solid was made. Yeah, uh, I think there's a lot of comparisons it's with how it moves. A lot of Metal Gear
0: Solid in it. Yeah,
1: right. Because of the way the menus even move, mm-hmm. and the way you you move through action, your stealth, it is like tactical espionage in a way. Yeah, you know, but you're not like a spy. Um, it has a lot of Metal Gear Solid. I, that's how I mean. That's my first zone. So I, between like, like thirteen and five for me. Um, you know, can this get past the Doom guy? Can he get, does he, does he, does Last of Us, does Ellie walk up? This is, who would win in a fight? The Doom guy or Ellie? Dude, Doom's Ellie. scarier? Ellie, dude. Ellie <laughs> yeah, is terrifying. Ellie would wipe the floor with Doom Man. Yeah. Um, you know, so he's already at risk. Um... I'm just imagining her just walking through these games and, like, who's <laughs> going to stop her? Nobody. <laughs> like, like, you, I mean, maybe Mario. I mean, he might be able to, like, Bonker get on a, a
0: um, so, one-up on her. Um, so we got Metal Gear Solid 2 as our current number 13. Above Metal Gear Solid 2, we've got Raw Danger, and then Celeste, mm-hmm. and then Doom. Mm-hmm. I'll say, I think you kind of zoned right in on an area that I'm into, because I don't know... That I want to say that I like Last of Us Part Two more than Raw Danger, but I do mm. know that I'm completely down for saying that it's better than Metal Gear Solid Two. Um, and I think the reason that I feel that way is that Raw Danger is a wild bag of stupid tricks, and it's like a fun <laughs> kind of like it's it's you know it's a sincere work. But it has a lot in common with Last of Us Part 2. It has a day structure. Uh, It's very Mm -hmm. interested in time. It's also like there's a lot of rain in Raw Danger. There's a lot of rain in Last of Us Part 2. So I love the (laughs) idea of actually ranking these games against each other. I just think I feel stronger about Raw Danger at this point. Again, I reserve the right to when Last of Us Part 3 comes out to change my opinion on this game. I think I will, because I took it as a chapter of a larger story. Um, And that's because they put that word part in there. The original Last of Us was just called The Last of Us. The remake called it Last of Us Part 1. We did not have the idea of this. You know, it wasn't called Last of Us 2. It was called Last of Us Part 2, suggesting Mm -hmm. that this is just one chapter of, you know, what is probably a three-part story. could be a five-part story. I don't know how long they want us to... You know, bathe suffer. and in all of the. Yeah. <laughs> How long they would suck? How to long it
1: feel like shit? Yes. Um, I mean, I so my my good friend. I have not played Raw Danger. I have only watched you play it uh, mm-hmm. the one time um, and heard about all the wonderful kooky stories. So I have no problem if 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 Ellie can't make it out of the storm that she brewed herself. Yeah. Then I maybe you know she doesn't need to make it past Raw Danger. But I do think the game is better th- better than Metal Gear Solid 2. Yeah. And I say that in in a quite in, in the fact that like I don't think Last of Us. Part two would be here if Metal Gear Solid two and Metal Gear Solid didn't exist. I agree. I think they're using a lot of that vibe. Um a lot of them, maybe not, you know, it could be a Metal Gear Solid three, you know, for their survival stuff, you know, whatever. Um, but I, I I could see it jumping up there and being the new thirteen cool um it also it i think 13 threat- it seems threatening you know yeah. like ellie's like i'm holding down 13 right you get it past me you're going right into a storm then you're going to climb in a mountain and then you're waiting for doom guy right like good luck getting to the top 10
0: yeah i i like that too however we also have to delete a game by the way oh yeah so what game on this list are we going to get rid of so that we can put last of us two on the list um, I'm looking <laughs> towards the lower part of it. Um, well, we got it right, and it's got to be something. It's got to be something both me and you can talk about, right? Like we shouldn't mm-hmm. delete something that is very like me and Matt. So, what are the other games that we? I mean, obviously, we're not kicking Final Fantasy X off. Um, I think. Wow, you're
1: we, way up there? Um, I'm I'm down at like a hundred.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. That's that's where I'm looking too. I'm just thinking about all the games that me and you. Have specifically talked about. We've already kicked an Akronox off, actually. So mm-hmm. that would have been like an easy one to I do sacrificed right it. Yeah. You sacrificed it. You pushed it into yep. um a volcano. What's something that you're seeing uh kind of towards the bottom there that you could stand for us to just throw away? Um there's
1: mm, mirror's edge is like the first thing that comes to my mind. Um Command and Conquer kind of pops up there. There's like a dragon in Ancient, and I feel like maybe like that's maybe that's a game that like, hey, we did you dirty because we didn't like fully understand Mm -hmm. you. So you don't even need to be on this list. We're gonna come. We're gonna try it again. Another another stab at that one. Maybe later. I could see that one coming off because it's unjustly down there. It's just so random as well. It's it is random. Kind of sticks out. You know, it's like.
0: I think I like. But would um, I love
1: to dunk on Grand Theft Auto Three and kick it off the island. Yes, <laughs> but yeah. I know we can not because we still have time to. We still need to bully it more. I think we need um, to bully
0: it more. Although I think you, I think you nailed it. Actually, I think it's like a Dragon Eshin, which is our current number ninety-five, which is a game that me and you played that we were like, oh, this is kind of like for like mega fans of the series. Yeah. Not really sure it's for anybody else. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to say let's go for that. We're going to delete Like a Dragonation. Goodbye. Bye bye. Um, and we Bye-bye. are going to put on Last of Us Part Two as the new number 13. Uh, con- congratulations to Naughty Dog and everybody at Sony on making uh, this very. Uh, wild and sad scary uh bad feeling sad time game you bunch of weirdos you Um, is this
1: our first naughty god game
0: yeah i think it is actually which is kind of a shame actually because naughty dog rules it's
1: kind of it's kind of crazy because i mean you have the entire uncharted series Mm -hmm. um you have crash bandicoot um we haven't even touched those guys. Jack and
0: Daxter. I love Jack some and Daxter. Jack stuff. Oh, um,
1: the PlayStation three that um you could see in there um or not, yeah, that they had in like one of the rooms you could go in. It was it was uh, a PlayStation three Uncharted two. yeah, um Jack and Daxter. I was like, oh, <laughs>
0: yeah, um, well, hey, son, I want to say thank you so much for coming and uh, having this conversation with me. Um, I always love having you on the show because I always feel like we go pretty hard um, when it's me and We you. do. Yeah. And I love it. We get it. real, dude. <laughs> yeah. We get, we get fucking real. It's not like... This is not silly clown time. This is like two boys just kind of open Getting opening. murdered. Yeah. Just getting murdered. <laughs> Absolutely murdered by those excellent guitar riffs that they got in this game. So much good, wandering acoustic guitar, beautiful you know Mm -hmm. it's just it's goddamn cowboy perfect okay yeah Yeah. cowboy take me away yeah (laughs) 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 thank you for listening to this very special episode of old gamers almanac Just wanted to pop in real quick here at the end to thank our Poor Richard's Almanac. Thank you to Brendan0936, Teddy's Jam for You, Zest Appeal, Cardinal Billy, Jukebox Hero, If Then, DM Anonymous, MPC Aaron, Anatroc, and Magnanimous. And thanks to all of our other Patreon supporters. And uh, if you want to support us on Patreon, uh, you should do that. And uh, yeah, thanks for listening to this one. Sorry it was so long. Bye.